Hey, deserving listeners, it is time for the third installment of our second Dungeons & Dragons campaign in which we demonstrate how to use Dungeons & Dragons therapeutically. If you want to listen to a meandering Dungeons & Dragons session, then I would continue listening. If you don't, then, you know, maybe listen and check it out for a little bit and see if you like it. And we're not going to be talking about anything overtly psychological in this episode, so just know that. Adam Davis, can you describe to everyone what Game to Grow does and what they can do to get involved? Yes. Game to Grow is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We're based in the greater Seattle area. And what we're most well known for is our therapeutic social skills groups that use Dungeons and Dragons to help kids, teens, and adults become more confident, creative, and socially capable. Uh, we have um, over 80, around 80 kids per week who come to our therapeutic social skills groups to work on their social skills, uh, make friends, sometimes come out of their shell for the very first time. Uh, and if you'd like to get involved, you can go to gametogrow.org to find out more information about the groups that we run, but also to join our newsletter because we have a, a fully-fledged training program coming out very soon. We have webinars almost every week, so if you'd like to know more about that, please join our newsletter at gametogrow.org newsletter. Can I just say it's so refreshing to hear a well-put-together summary and pitch about what you're what what you do and your, your yeah. company does and things, yeah. Instead of like, well, I don't know. Uh, we like uh, have a little bit of practice doing this and, and whatnot. Is and that how most company pitches go? Yeah. <laughs> what does your company do? Well, you know, we, yeah. we built grommets. Um, and also, if you're interested, it's not only Dungeons and Dragons that Game to Grow is involved in. It's really involved in all sorts of games, including Minecraft and board games. And there, it's just the mission of helping everyone to expand their toolbox when helping people in therapy or at schools or with kids or community centers in a way that can really help people. Traditionally, when we think about kids having low self-esteem, we go, oh, talk therapy. That's the way to go. But there's so many other options that are available, and we really should tailor our help to the individuals and not the other way around. And Game to Grow attempts to do that, not only by providing the service, but also just by spreading the idea around the planet that games can be used in a very therapeutic way. It's sort of the, uh, I don't know, the triumph of the nerd 80s kids growing up and actually being in control of things. Uh, <laughs> you know, video games were seen as this childish thing Dungeons and Dragons was seen as this either devilish or nerd super nerdy or just dumb sort of thing and now we're in power uh bees Woo. and we get to tell everyone uh this is the new world that you live in the nerds rule the universe so Adam Johns usually gets us started uh our dungeon master so get us started Adam um, I would be very happy to do that. So um, we're going to start, as is always the case, with a checking question. Um, and today's checking question is, how do you introduce yourself to somebody? Um, so when you meet a new person or when you, when you um, uh, maybe you're making a new friend, uh, what do you do to uh, introduce yourself? What is the, the kind of usual way? What's your pitch, actually, <laughs> for, for yourself uh, as you are introducing yourself to somebody? Um, and then, of course, uh, as is often the case, this will be the same question for your character. This is a chance to, to really think about, like, when your character meets somebody new, how do they present themselves to them? Uh, who wants to start us off? I can go. Uh, so when I <clears throat> meet someone, I really drag out my name, you know. Uh, they're like, what's your name? And it's like, 
Humberto Castañeda. And part of this has bit me in the ass throughout the years because what happens usually is I have to repeat myself several times. Like, wait, wait, what? Humberto. Wait, Humberto. So then inevitably, they end up remembering that name. And I am terrible with names to begin with, and let alone John versus Jim. And so years, or even months later, maybe weeks later, maybe a minute later, hey, Umberto, right? Yeah, you. So great to see you again. It's really embarrassing. But um, so, yeah, so I, I, I do that. I usually, I don't know why, I just put all the emphasis on the name. I think, you know what it is? It's overcompensation because I did remember, I do remember feeling self-conscious when I first moved here because it was kind of like awkward. Like, what's your name? Umberto. And it was like so annoying. I'm like, oh. so I think I just like owned it without like realizing it over the years. I'm like, fuck all you, Umberto Castaneda, and it just became like that. That's the calling card. Um, by contrast, I think uh, Ulian, my character, who's this tall, blue, skinny, male Vidalkin wizard, um, who's just like knows in the books the whole time. Uh, I I think he. He doesn't do that at all, you know. So I, I think when he meets someone, it's more like, <clears throat> how do you do? Um, may I please continue reading? <laughs> you know, like, don't bother me. <laughs> um, and I think you would have to probably strike his interest with something about books in order for him to actually, like, divulge information or, or spend any more time with you. Um, but he's pragmatic, so if there's something he needs, he might, like pretend to be interested slightly but not too much <laughs> so it, it sounds like it's not like he's lacking necessarily the skills for that no. interaction it's more like he he like just doesn't have the interest <laughs> yeah like, like these i just these, don't want to um, talk to you <laughs> yeah these these creatures tend to be uh very very like matter of fact and uh it, it's not like they're psychopaths they just you know don't see the need to like like indulge in pleasantries unnecessarily so they'd be like oh hello yes uh, i am here to buy a book and how do you think the weather is today oh i don't know it doesn't matter to me but anyways the book i would like is you know like that kind of thing so to and demonstrate it's not because they're dumb they're actually very smart it's just they don't care like mm. but if they see a, a slight advantage in the interaction they might you know take that route but it's they're not going to spend much energy on it mm. so we often will try to in to talk about how Dungeons and Dragons is used therapeutically, and one of the things that it can be used is so people can explore not only who they are in real life, but also their own issues as they might play out in the game. And Umberto, this is your second character that right. is <laughs> uh, socially challenged in some ways. Grolo w- had complete uh, ignorance of sarcasm. The way you played it was humorous, but he didn't it understand. It was the, um, the character from Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Um, right. But oh, even... And, and, but yeah. also, yeah, I guess, yeah, Drax, yeah. I think his name is. Drax, yeah. Um, but it, he was also just sort of more bumbling than that, too. Like, Drax doesn't... It, it, was, it wasn't exactly Drax in my mind. But anyway, socially challenged. You know, not very... Um, but could be warm you know and and with his dad they he had some moments with his dad this this other character is extremely smart smarter than most people 
but also socially challenged. You are not socially challenged. You're pretty good socially. And I, I wonder if there's something about the appeal of a socially challenged character to you, Berto. That is interesting. Well, for one thing, um, I have been attracted to friends, uh, present company excluded, uh, that can be socially challenged, meaning I have had many friends in my life that uh, are, yeah, one, one might call a little socially challenged, sometimes more than a little. Um, I don't know exactly where that stems from, but I do have a few ideas. Uh, I have a cousin who one might categorize that way and and uh, i you know i remember my dad encouraging me to to spend time with him and i and i did and i liked i liked spending time with him and he was you know one of the the main cousins that i spent time with growing up uh so maybe that gave me that sort of you know i don't know empathy or, or attraction for that kind of persona um at this and and you know i, I like i find something interesting about it but but I know I've mentioned with the Grollo character, that also was sort of my mental simplification for a lot of these role-playing games where it's like, yeah, I don't want to think about too much. And so it's pretty mentally untaxing, unlike my normal job and unlike a lot of what the stuff that I do for fun otherwise, it's mentally untaxing. I'm like, I just have to not understand anything, just bumble around and just hit things with a big hammer or something. With this character... You're right. I I seem to have retained a little bit, but it's a little comp. It's going to be a little harder for me to play this, so it's no longer mentally comfortable because like I'm I'm having to like oh what's the spells I got all these things and like I got to balance like yeah he's not going to be like caring too much about how your day went, but at the same time he's got to be quick on the uptake and like see what's going on and like be sort of wise about the situation. And so like. It's going to be interesting, but yeah, it, it's definitely unlike my normal personality. Does it feel like a relief to play someone that doesn't have to think Grolo about that? definitely did. Grolo felt like a relief. Um, Ulian makes me a little uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, uneasy. Like, like, I'm like, I feel like I have to be on my toes, you know, like what's going on? Because, for example... Because he's the smartest one of the bunch. He's the smartest. Yeah, sm- and... And, like, you know, he's supposed to... Anyways, like, even just at a personality level, putting aside his, his intellect or whatever, he's um, he's someone that I actually normally bump heads with. Like, it's a personality type that I, in real life, have real struggles with and have had real struggles with, which is the, like, I'm trying to be all personable. Like, hey, how's it going? How was your day? How was your weekend? And the other this other persona is like... Uh, I don't know. Fine. Look, can we just talk about the thing we're supposed to talk? Like, oh yeah, sure. You know, and like that always puts me so on edge. It's like it feels like, like you know, oil and vinegar, and so and so. Th- I kind of feel that with this character. I'm like, oh god, I don't know if I would want to be friends with this character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a super interesting idea. Like this may be providing you that opportunity to explore, right? Like, um, getting to know that. Kind of that kind of person a little bit more, um, and like or I sometimes it's, it's just uh, yeah. I want to see what it is to be to be on the other side. Something's clearly not me, right? Well, and, and I didn't exactly do it on purpose. Meaning, I picked the race because they tend to be good wizards and stuff like that. It's just as I read the description, and I obviously wanted to follow through with it. That's what they they seem to be like, and so I'm like, oh, interesting. <laughs> 
Well, for me, introducing myself, I have a similar problem with my name because Kirk isn't that familiar and people want to say Kurt. The other thing is the last name Honda. Uh, I'm actually uh, having to buy a new car. And of course, I call dealerships, one of which is the Kirkland Honda dealership. And so, you know, it's always that much. They, they always ask your name, right? So it's just like, hey, uh, okay, my name's Kirk Honda. But, you know, it's interesting because recently, more recently, people don't freak out as much because I think there are more, there's more diversity of names, I guess. And because when I was a kid, it was just like, what? I mean, a lot of people didn't even know that Honda was a name, they just thought it was like, I don't know, Adidas or something, just a, just a brand. But I'm sure there's Adidas is probably a last name too, you know? And so there's that. So I always am a little worried when I have to introduce myself. Kirk, If when in doubt, I just say Kirk because people can normally get that. The other thing is when introducing myself, I have a hard – people often ask, what do you do? And I have a hard time explaining that because it's so varied. There's so many – because, you know, if I was to say I'm a professor, you know, that doesn't really sum up what I do. If I say I'm a therapist, that doesn't really sum up what I do. If I said I was a podcaster, I don't even know what they would think of me. So, and I... Do, and I wait, they might be like, wait, you're the Kirk Hunt. <laughs> and, and so I... But I feel like I want to answer the question, honestly, so that, you know, I'm not being deceptive or weird. But at the same time, I don't want to come across like I'm bragging because to say like well I'm a therapist a professor a youtuber and a podcaster and I occasionally write books <laughs> like that just sounds like you're bragging you know and so I I never know what to say when people so often I'll just say I'm a therapist because that that feels the most sort of the shortest, easiest way to put it. But even then, people are like, oh, you're a therapist. Are you reading my mind? Are you analyzing me? This kind of stuff. And so there's all those worries. In contrast to that, Uncle Blaze is used to introducing himself. In fact, I was daydreaming, I think yesterday, about how he might introduce himself because I was thinking about us playing. I was like, well, he's going to have to introduce himself to these other guys. And I thought that he he's 101, and he's, a, he's been introducing himself to people his entire life. He owns a business. He's a people person. And he's also an actor and a, a persuasive person. So, and this is the fantasy world. And so you, you think like Tom Bombadil kind of introduction quality, <laughs> right? The, just a, a certain flair to the way you would introduce yourself. I feel like... In fantasy times, there there was a certain in you know fantasy world. There's a certain flair to the way that people introduce themselves, right? When Gandalf introduces himself, he has he doesn't just say my name's Gandalf and I'm a wizard, you know. He he has a a flair. There's a certain specialness to it. And so I was trying to think, well, what would Uncle Blaze do, you know? But it, it was in my head, it's jovial and personable and self-deprecating because he that's sort of his style. So I don't know exactly what that means, but um, that's what I thought of. Nice. Davis. For me, uh, my name is Adam Davis, and so that is one of the more boring names. Uh, maybe Adam Johns, you and I could swap notes on this, but nobody ever mispronounces it or misspells it, really. Um, so mostly I'm just Adam Davis. And uh, the amount to which I talk about what I do for work it really depends on the context. 
Um, I'm pretty good at just spouting off. I run a nonprofit that uses Dungeons and Dragons to help kids build social skills, and that's a pretty good conversation starter. Uh, when I'm not wanting to talk about work, though, I just kind of say, my name is Adam Davis. We had a, a big um, block party thing around my, my house, and I was really not wanting to be in work mode, so I kept trying to avoid the conversation. Um, yeah, yeah, Adam Davis, bye. I'm just going to walk away and not have uh, too deep of a conversation. If I start people start talking about their jobs, I'm going to go do something else for a little bit. Um, I, I spend a lot of time talking about work, so it's nice to uh, get a little bit of time here and there with uh, with um, you know casual conversations where we're not talking about because uh, it's very interesting. People want to talk about how do you use Dungeons and Dragons to help kids build social skills. And I I uh, was just talking to somebody today in in uh, in Russia, uh, an interview uh, from someone writing a blog in Russia around. Um, critical core. And so I, I talk about work a lot. So when I'm, when I'm wanting to not talk about work, I don't have a good way to say that I don't want to talk about work. I mostly just avoid it. Uh, that's, mm. that's my, my strategy uh, when I'm trying to avoid it. Um, but I, 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 I'm an introvert, but I like people. I'm one of those people liking introverts. So I can talk to people and make small talk for a short amount of time, and then I'm and then I'm good. Um, and then I'm ready to transition into something else. If I'm not talking about work, especially, so it's like this uh, kind of funny uh, situation where I can talk about work forever. I, I can be very extroverted when I talk about work, but when I'm wanting to not talk about work, my stamina for social interaction goes down quite a bit. Um, my character, on the other hand, his name is Gerkas, and Gerkas has a hard time because people don't pronounce it right. Um, they don't spell it right. Um, he's from a distant land. He's a, a golden dragonborn. And uh, he kind of thinks he's, um, I don't know if he thinks he's better than everybody, but he has this like, like imagine that sort of stereotypical uh, traveler from America who's traveling mm. to like a, a, a very exotic foreign land and like kind of thinks <laughs> that their own cultures are superior to this other place he's visiting. Um, is like very curious about everything. And he's like, oh, that's cute. It's sort of like spaghetti. Um, you know, of the various oh, variations pa- pasta? of hmm. yeah, yeah, it's like spaghetti. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's he's uh, a little bit condescending without meaning to be. Um, the way that you know an American traveler stereotypically might be who's traveling abroad. Um, and that's Gerkus. Gerkus doesn't have a last name yet. I haven't made one up for him. I would love to throw that out to the audience uh, to help Gerkus uh, have a last name. He is a uh, a monk, a golden dragonborn monk. So if uh, if the audience, the listeners want to throw out some suggestions, I'd be happy to hear a few. All right. So you can email us by going to our website, click on the Contact Us page, and we will put our nominations to Adam Davis when we play next, and he will pick. Yeah. Um, it's also worthwhile to mention, Kirk, that sometimes we have um, people who, who uh, comment or something, and we, we put their name into the game. Uh, and we're actually at a phase in this new chapter uh, where we are—we have a lot of people to name. Uh, so, Kirk, I don't know what what process you have for for that. If that's a um, a donation tier or something along those lines, but I've just mentioned that we have a whole lot of we have a whole lot of na- people to name. <laughs> we'll we'll name them one way or the other. But if there are some podcast listeners that would like to have their names. Uh, in the podcast, that may be a possibility. But yeah. I can't guarantee it's not going to be some bumbling idiot uh, <laughs> yeah. NPC. In fact, chances are high that that's what, right. what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, so I guess what we'll do is there's a few different ways you can do this. One is you can go to Psychology in Seattle, hit the contact page, email us. One of the kind of coolest thing is you can have 
if you know another listener to the podcast, you can nominate that person, and then that person will be kind of surprised if their birthday is coming up or that sort of thing. The other thing I'll say is that you can go to Twitter. Uh, what's what's your Twitter handle, uh, Davis? Uh, it's well, you can use the Game to Grow Twitter handle, which is at Game T O Grow, or my personal Twitter handle is at Sparks for Sharks. So go to either one of those, but maybe at a uh, Game to Grow would be the easiest. And if you post something interesting and then say, and by the way, uh, you include my name, uh, they will compile those names and bring those as well. It's so, great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Twitter, Game T.O. Grow. Uh, Adam Davis and others are doing a lot of different exciting things. What, one of the missions, one of the parts of our mission at Game to Grow is to not only use it, use game, you know, these services and actually help people ground level, but also encourage others to use it as well and to inspire others, be part of the community, and also bring people from the Dungeons and Dragons world into the therapeutic awareness world as well. So, Game to Grow is really the lightning rod for all things considered, and there's really no comparison for. Uh, a game to grow. They they are way ahead of the curve in terms of um, this sort of worldwide publicity effort. And there's a lot of things that uh, Adam and Adam do that are just trying to make the world a better place. And there's no and it really just drives them down the tubes in terms of energy wise because they they work too much and they go to conferences. They volunteer their time. It's a nonprofit, so you know it's it's it's. Uh, Barely chugging along, to be honest. If you have, <laughs> if there's, we have a rich uh, listener who wants to uh, become a donor to, or uh, who is a part of a, uh, a corporation that might want to actually be a sponsor for Game to Grow, uh, we are all ears for that because uh, we need that sort of thing desperately at this point. And not only that, if you aren't. A rich person and you still want to make a small donation that we will totally accept um, and if you are someone who is uh, makes purchases on Am- on Amazon you can use smile.amazon.com to support game to grow that way and they just announced that uh, smile.amazon.com donations can be made through the mobile app which was a, a feature lag for many years so now you can go to game to grow.org slash support and find out the many different ways other than making donations you can support our mission how do you introduce yourself, Adam Johns? Um, I have a similar, I suppose, issue to, to Adam, which is that Adam is a its a very basic name. Uh, it doesn't get wrong. It's said wrong very often, although I do get called Alan uh, kind of a surprising amount. And because my name yeah. is Adam Johns, I get called John a lot, um, where people sort of mix yeah. up my two names. You kind of look um, like a John, by the way. I do kind of look like a John. <laughs> I mean, I, I, can't, I can't deny that. Um, my uh, uh, every band teacher and karate teacher I've ever had called me John Adams, basically just continuously throughout all of those experiences, um, and I just never like, corrected like them. Like those I just two went, types yeah. of people. Yeah, it was always my band teachers and my karate teachers. For some reason, uh, my my normal teachers always got it right. Uh, I assume they had it written down. Like the band teachers didn't necessarily have it written down; they just had to remember. Oh, this um, makes sense because they they you know rhythm is important for music. It's also important for karate, and Adam Johns. It, it, it's a you got to stumble a little bit. Whereas John Adams, it's like John Adams. John and it's familiar. Adams. Everybody knows like John Adams. One and if syllable, you see it, two. One syllable, two. Right. And if you see it written out in like last name, first name, 
you you could very easily sort of spoonerism into John Adams as well. Yeah. Spoonerism. Um, What's a spoonerism? Yeah. Uh, spoonerism is a is a swap of of partial portions of of a of a, two words. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of a of a good example. Um, like Saskatchewan or something, or like yeah, uh, yeah. FOMO. No, no, fear that's of just, missing out. No, no, that's an abbreviation. Yeah. Good, good try, Britta. <laughs> it was better than my example, which is nothing. So <laughs> I can appreciate that. Freezing up on the spot, trying to come up with a spoonerism. It's famously named after this teacher who would do them all the time. Hmm. Um, oh, yeah. So that, is that a worldwide word, spoonerism, or is that just your word? It is a worldwide word. There's oh. a Wikipedia page for it and everything. Oh, spoonerism. Yeah. I feel like I do that all the time. Yeah. Like, like a shoe in my rock, that kind of thing. Um, sort of swapping out words, or not even the whole word, but just a portion of the word for a different word in the same sentence. Yeah. Um, I also have a similar problem around around uh, career stuff, although I really like saying, uh, when I meet new people and they say, what do you do? I like saying, I'm a professional dungeon master. Ew. Uh, which is a, which is a fun one to say, and I feel like it's only kind of a handful of people in the world that get to they get to say they're they're paid to be a dungeon master, <laughs> um, and then I go on to have to explain all the rest of it after that, and they they go a professional dungeon master. What does that mean? And some people who are not a part of the gaming world don't really understand what that means, and so um, they sort of go, uh, and they really have like just a very confused look on their face. And I think they must think that it's sort of a BDSM thing, or uh, <laughs> like, and they sort of don't want to ask any follow up questions. And then I have to, I have to kind of explain more about it anyway. Right. Um, but it's, it is. I, I really enjoy that part. It's actually one of the parts of of this job that is like, um, it's a unique job. I get to do a unique thing, and it's it's really exciting to to be able to. Do. I'm also extremely extroverted, so unlike unlike Adam Davis. Like somebody wants to talk to me, I'm like, yeah, I'm so excited to talk to to talk to new people um, and to be having having conversations and talking about stuff. Uh, so I really, really do not mind giving the pitch like a billion times um, about <laughs> what we do and how we do it. Yeah, that's funny. It's funny because you, the two of you, I wouldn't have known one of you was more extroverted than the other because you both seem similar in that aspect. Um, but I guess when there are larger groups, well, I don't know, Anna Davis, when you are in the role of a leader, you're extremely at ease yeah. uh, speaking to larger groups. I was an actor for many years, so I could be in front of a group of 400. Five, we've done we've done presentations for 500 plus people. Yeah. And it's, you know, that's 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 not a measurement of my extrovert introvert. It's more about um, talking to strangers, not about work, but about how the weather is or what you do for fun. Those things I just <laughs> lose steam very fast on. I can ask questions, but I don't know how to navigate that for very long. I lose stamina. But like I said, I can talk about work for hours and hours and hours and hours. But that's a, a different hat to wear than the person who's just chatting with you know, you know, new friends or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's also, I have no evidence to back this up, but just from personal experience, I've noticed a lot of actors are very introverted. Huh. Um, there's something about getting up on a stage and and reading lines or or performing on a stage that isn't the same kind of energy cost um, as it is to like have a conversation back and forth with a with a person. Um, 
So yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know, Adam, if that speaks specifically. I mean, you do actually quite a bit more public speaking than I do, uh, especially these days. Um, yeah. But I, I still really enjoy the I, I actually really like being at the table when we go to mm-hmm. cons and stuff and, and having conversations and, and talking with people at the table um, a little more so than I enjoy like being up in front of a big audience. Oh, I like Yeah, I'm also a teacher. So I like to be I, I love to talk about the things and share the ideas and get questions and 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 have that whole that whole process of exploring the ideas together. That's another thing that I love doing and in, in front of an audience or at the table. It's just the. The, sitting at a table at a booth uh, at a conference sometimes is like a little bit long, depending on how long the person stays there at the booth. <laughs> and sometimes it's like, and what else do you like to do at this con? You know, it's like you lose. <laughs> we have to keep each other company for some reason, so we better keep the conversation going. That's the part that I uh, don't have the stamina for. Yeah, I'm like you, Davis. In situations like that, I, I just want to crawl under the table, disappear. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm the one going like, wait, where did you go? Oh, yeah. there you are. <laughs> Anyways, I was trying to explain to you something about... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I like the imagery of you chasing Kirk under the table to continue to have this conversation that he's clearly trying to escape from. <laughs> like, Can I help you find something down here? <laughs> um, All right, let's get going. Perfect. Let's dive in. Uh, Kirk, would you be willing to recap what happened last time in our game? So the three of us were called to a memorial funeral at a cemetery and of our mutual friend, Thwar. The three of us don't know each other, uh, Uncle Blaze, Gerkus, and Ulian. And we were given a map to something, and a bunch of thugs showed up and tried to get us. Did we know that they were trying to get the map in the ring or what? Yeah, I think if I remember right, they, they sort of held a knife to Lily's throat and uh, threatened and said, we'll, we'll kill her, hand over the map and the ring. Hand over the map and the ring. <clears throat> yeah. I, I don't remember if they said the map and the ring, but we'll just assume they did. Okay. Because I, I don't quite remember. That. And so uh, Gerkus flew into action and tried to save the daughter of the deceased Thwar. Um, I'm so heroic. And accidentally killed her. And by the way, this is a halfling. So think of a, you know, a two and a half foot little girl that the gold dragonborn shot her through the chest with a laser and killed her. Uh, I was like, what's going on? I, I, I Get me out of here because I'm a sneaky person. And so I, as also a halfling, um, jumped into the grave and came out. Uh, magically looking and talking just like the dead Thwar. And it just it distracted the guards long enough for me to get the map, the ring, and the girl and run away uh, to a chapel where a, a priest healed her and brought her back to life or brought her back from almost dying. Gerkes uh, killed a bunch of the, um, the thugs and... Ulian blew up a bunch of them with two fireballs, and I was tricking everyone, including Ulian, that I was Thwar, and then when things cooled down, I revealed to Ulian that, because I think he was figuring it out anyway, that I am in fact not a Thwar, I am Uncle Blaze, who was standing next to you at the funeral, and that's where we left off. Yeah. 
So with all of these uh, dispatched um, uh, people all around, uh, you you can emerge from the from the church. Um, and the last moment was sort of the the priest of the church sort of shouting and saying, "Is, is it is it all right out there? Can we come out?" Um, and uh, the priest and the lily hiding in the closet in the back of this very tiny church. Um, and now all all of all the three of you are sort of out front, um, and you have a moment where you can kind of collect yourselves. Um, so what we'll do is we'll do a introduction interaction. Um, and just in case it comes up as a part of the interaction as you're as you're role playing this out between each other, um, the uh, the map was given to all three of you. But I believe that that uh, out of character that Uncle Blaze has it right now. Um, I showed and, it earlier. I, I was yeah. I actually put it out in front of Ulian and said, so he knows that I have it. But technically, you still have the map and the ring. Yeah. Um, and I'll also point out. Um, so this is a, a trick that we sometimes do in uh, in our games, where um, I'm going to give a direction for the end of the role playing interaction, okay. and let you guys sort of navigate your way through that. So at the end of this, um, all of you will have introduced yourselves to each other, and you will have resolved that you're going to work together to figure out what's going on with Thwar and also what's going on with this map. Um, so even though you might argue throughout that process, you might go like, no, the map is mine, or 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 those things, that the scene ends when you have resolved to say, look, we should work together, or, or whatever way you want to resolve that, to, to come back together and say, we're going to work together, and we're going to figure out what's going on. Um, so I'll, from there, I can leave it open, and the whole, the whole scene can now be a role-play <clears throat> scene for everybody. Uh, one tactical question. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point... Do I reset my spells? Are we still in the same day? Yeah. The, the chances are, I mean, I don't know for certain what, what um, choices you'll make as characters, but the chances are you'll have a chance at a long rest um, before there's another uh, big combat. However, your spells are daily, so there, you have to have a long rest, which is an eight-hour long rest, before you can refresh and, and refill your spell slots. Okay, so I'll just keep the dots that I had. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so exactly. Adam will tell us... When we get a rest, he'll be like, okay, and it. you've just reset. So for spellcasters, okay. blah, blah, blah. Um, um, and with, with that, the, the priest and, and Lily come sort of out of the closet and, and poke their heads out as the three of you are all outside. Okay. So I about, think you have my mask. My map. I'm sorry. I said the wrong word. I think you have my map. <laughs> okay. So, uh, excuse me. First of all, we don't know you. I realize it seems like we are working towards the same thing. But that is technically going to be my map. I am the most learned, I am sure. No offense intended, but it's just a fact. So out of character, um, I can't do that freaking voice anymore. <laughs> so I'm just going to... What's wrong? That hurts your throat. <laughs> it just sounds... I just... Uh, so I think I'm... I, I, I just got to go back to my voice. I'm sorry. Like, I, it seemed like such a wonderful thing to, to aspire towards, but uh, it'll distract me so badly that I can't role play. Like, so I, I'm if, just going to, you know, it's conceivable that a halfling could have my voice. It's, if I may, it's, it's absolutely conceivable. Um, if I may, Kirk, you might try something uh, a little, a halfway measure. Yeah. Um, rather than, because that's, that's a tough I'm voice to I'm an old like, man, I, and I, da, 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 da. I could do that, because, you know, yeah. he's old. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I, can also totally do, I can also do the really high voice, because he's a halfling. 
I think that's I, that honestly would be easier for me. Whatever, do. whatever you do, don't do this. <laughs> well, I, I don't. I don't. This means I'm doing it actually right, which never happened. Um, especially uh, shamed by Davis's rendition of it. Um, so, uh, I, so I think you know to commit. I'll do the high voice. I'll do the high voice because I'm a halfling. How about that? Sure. I mean, that's yeah, com- yeah. I'm committing. Do, I'm committing. Do halflings okay. yeah. have high voices. Is that I like that, it? I always figured they would. I always figured, like you know, uh, Frodo in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he had a little bit of a higher voice. You know, a little, a little bit. Yeah, it just accentuates the oh. smallness. Mister, oh. Mister Gandalf. Oh Gandalf. <laughs> oh Gandalf. Oh yeah. Gandalf. <laughs> oh, that's, that's in the back section of the movie story. That's a horse of a different color. Yeah. That's in the room behind the curtain. Kurt. I think those may be some deleted scenes. <laughs> okay. So, so uh, is there something around that I can put the map on in the in the area? Um, you're you're kind of outside. I guess you could go back into the church. And no, you could, you could I'll, I'll just open um, it up. Or... Uh, is there a path? Is there like a little rock path? Yeah, it's it's pretty clean actually. The the cemetery is pretty uh, well kept, um, and so there's sort of a, a uh, I'll say a co- like a cobblestone kind of path out in front of the church. Uh, okay. So you can lay it on the ground in the in the cobblestones. If you okay. Want. So I take out the map and the ring and I slap it down on the ground and I say, I believe that. Uh, I believe that Thwar wanted these for both of, for all three of us. Um, H- hold, hold on. Uh, pa- excuse me. I'm sorry. That's the third voice I've heard you do. <laughs> Can you please? <laughs> like, who are you? Are you just, like, pretending the whole time? Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Blazonar Dawdragon. This is already getting hard. <laughs> 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 we'll see if the, oh, for, for this for this he's an actor. <laughs> Just try your best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your voice yeah. is going to change. It actually works perfect for this character too. Character <laughs> yeah, because yeah, if you change your voice later on, just be like, that yeah. was just another character. <laughs> <laughs> um, allow me to introduce myself, and I do a I do a flare like a bow with my hat um, off. Uh, my name is Blazonar Dardragon from Fe- Featherdale, Feather Falls, to be specifically. But my friends call me Uncle Blaze, and mm. I own a export business, and I was a good friend of Thwar, and I figure that the two of you must have also been good friends of Thwar. I was a good acquaintance of Thwar. He never mentioned your name, Blaze and all. Uh, look, it's clear that we are not uh, at odds with one another, um, it seems like from your demeanor that you you mean to share the information in the map, which feels fair. Uh, it's just that uh, you must understand, I've been working on academic matters for years, and um, I, I just don't understand w- your interest in the map in the first place. Gierkus has pushed his way past both of them to the table to look at the map. It's on, it's the, on the ground, but yes. Oh, you to, to, our, to, the, ta- to um, the place where the map is. It's worth m- mentioning the map is folded up. It's it's like uh, folded into a square or whatever. Did you find? Um, you've been told it's a map. It's it's clearly an old piece of paper, but uh, but it is folded up right now. Did with the ring on top of it? Did you no, it's, it? it's, fold, oh, okay. it's folded up. Then Gierkus is going to go over, and he's not paying either of you. You're very cute. Uh, 
he says to <laughs> to uh, Blazonar, you are very adorable. Oh, well, thank you. I, I see why Thwar found you entertaining. Uh, and Gerkis is going to go pick up the map and start unfolding it. Um, as it's, you open it's... up the map, a piece of paper falls out. Um, and it's just a sort of piece of scrap paper that falls to the ground. Uh, and you open up the map, and you can see that there is... The map is sort of a um, crude drawing, maybe done Sorry, by... Did, I, did we see the piece of paper fall? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the map is sort of a, a crude drawing, um, and it, it's the paper clearly is old enough that, that this would not have been done by Thoir, um, but uh, the, the drawing is crude that it, it looks like it was just drawn by, by somebody by hand, um, literally to keep track of somebody, almost like a, like a note piece of paper. Um, and I actually have a picture to send you guys of my very, very crude uh, map drawing. Um, although I have to figure out the best way to send that, I guess I'll, I'll email email that to you guys in a minute. Um, but in the in the meantime, uh, you can see the map um, immediately has writing all over it. But all the writing um, you don't recognize. In fact, none of you do. Um, it's a uh, uh, go ahead and roll me intelligence saving throws. Uh, I got a four. Uh, ten. I, I got a three. <laughs> um, oh, wait. Saving throw. I got a seven. <laughs> Perfect. Wait, sorry. What is the saving throw? In the oh, saving throw. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, all of you are looking at the map and... Uh, um, so, sorry, I, I got a thirteen. Thirteen. A thirteen, okay. Uh, Blazonar, you're, you're, you're like... Uh, might be like a form of dwarvish and... Um, uh, Gerkas, you you think like no 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 this is definitely some weird elven that's that's being written on this map um, and Ulian you're pretty certain uh, that the map has to be sort of an ancient form the language on the map has to be sort of an ancient form of a of like an abyssal or an infernal something along those lines the lettering is certainly certainly an indication of something like that um, and so you're all looking at the map and and doing that and then from behind you you hear a voice oh go ahead actually that two things. Um... Can I cast comprehend languages to comprehend what's on the map? Uh, you can attempt it. Yeah. Okay. It, it, and then it would it would allow you to comprehend any language. Got it. Second question was uh, the so just now the map has been unfolded. Little piece of paper fell. We all noticed that the piece of paper fell. And yes. The ring is on the ground. On the ground as well. Um, so none of, all of you are sort of taking di- different guesses from, from what the map could be. But you now have it unfolded, and the piece of paper has fallen to the ground. So I'd like to, I'd like to reach down, and I, I say, look, look what you've done. You've, you've already messed it up. Now we've got things falling. Be delicate, please. So I pick up the, the piece of paper, and I'd like to cast Comprehend Languages to see if I can understand this thing. Perfect. Um, so you can totally cast Comprehend Languages. I'm curious what it looks like when you cast that. Um, like, what uh, is there a, a magical spell effect, or is there anything that, that uh, people can see when you cast it, or is it just sort of uh, um, muttering under your breath kind of thing? Okay. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I basically, uh, like, I cup my hands to my eyes, and I go, I go, like, see... 
See. It's perfect. It's very subtle. <laughs> um, you notice two things. Comprehend languages. Um, whether or not uh, this was in your repertoire of languages that you know, Ulian, the note that fell to the ground is written in halfling. Um, okay. But you can now read it, obviously, because you have comprehend languages on. Um, the note just says two things. On one side of the piece of paper, it's sort of like a torn-off scrap piece of paper from, a, from something else. Um, in fact, you can even see sort of print, but you can't really make out what it said underneath. Um, and on one side of the piece of paper, it has the name of a bank. And we're actually going to name the bank together. Um, and on the other side of the piece of paper, it just has a number. Um, and the number says number 81. Um, and so let's name this bank. I'm thinking like a high-end bank. What would be a good name for like a high-end bank? There's actually Are we going to recurring... do the letters or or just kind of come up with I think we'll we'll come up with an Adam. Do you have a? There's a, a recurring bank in my in my uh, one of my groups. It's called WP Speps, and that's where <laughs> our uh, our they, they named it one letter at a time. And their that sounds great. Bank is where they store their the, the proceeds from their cruise line company. Perfect. Because you know WP Speps. WP Speps. We will the the bank of WP Speps, um, which. Um, let's see. Ulian, you definitely would be aware, um, and, and probably Uncle Blaze, too. I'll let you determine that for yourself, uh, Kirk, uh, would be aware of this bank. It is a high-end, very nice bank uh, inside the city. Um, and it's written in Halfling. The other thing that you notice is your Comprehend Languages does not allow you to read the map. Um, it's still gibberish to you. Oh, but for the record, I speak Celestial, Common, Elvish, Primordial, and Vidalcan. Oh, awesome. That's great. That's an awesome list. Um, from behind you, a uh, voice speaks up, um, and you can hear it is Lily um, from behind. And she says, you can't read it because it's in code. You have a very low voice for a halfling. <laughs> Um, Not no. all halflings ah. come from the same voice <laughs> tribe. Some you have a very low cried. voice for a dragonborn. Excuse me, can we please postpone the discussion about the pitch and the timbre of our voices? This is very important. Our friend just passed away. There is a mystery in front of us. Perhaps we can collaborate on the matter at hand. And Lily says... And we've been attacked, too. Does that not bother anybody else? I was blasted in the chest by a laser by one of these hooldums. I wonder who did that. Scoundrels. Um, I've, well, I've well, never been so terrified in my life. Uh, well, my blue friend, what is your name? I introduced myself. I don't know in your lands if they introduce yourselves, but in my land, it is considered a bit of a slight to be... Denied one's uh, name. I, I, I mean no slight. Look, my name is Ulian. I am uh, a Vidalcan. Uh, I don't know if you know where that is, but I, I come from a faraway land, um, and I'm here. And uh, anyways, uh, p- pleasure to make your acquaintance. And he bows again. And a pleasure of mine as well. <laughs> Gerkus will also bow in a, in a way to sort of match Uncle Blaze. Uh, I am Gerkus. 
A pleasure. This is fantastic. I am, I am, please, can we continue with the mystery at hand? Absolutely. Let's look at the map. What does it say? Does anyone understand? I tried a spell. Apparently, there is more to this because I, I, I'm still unable to read it. Well, it sounds like there's a code. So unless you have a code breaker, you're not going to be able to read it. I would like to pick up the ring and see if it's a decoder ring. Uh, it is Later. not a decoder ring. Actually, Later it appears to be a signet ring um, with the crest of um, uh, the family crest, um, Thwar's family crest on it. Do, do we know her name is Lily? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I think you do at this point. Uh, Lily, is it... Um, look, you know it's in code. Can you please speed us along here? Uh, what is the code? Do we know how to solve this? It doesn't work that way. Uh, I know that it's in code because I've seen that kind of code before. It's actually made up of several different languages, um, but the different languages are all put together within a set uh, order. You need a book to decode it. It's a book code. Oh, perfect. Uh, let's go to the library. You want to find all of the books in the library and compare them to the book code on the map? I know the library like the back of my hand. It is uh, where I live. Well, you will be living there for the rest of your days if that is the intent that you plan to use to crack this code. Okay, what is your suggestion? Um, I don't have one. Uh, there are many codes like this. This map is not unique. Um, these maps appear all throughout the museum that I work at. I s wait. You Some of them have never been cracked. Yes, I'm the curator for the, for the museum. The history museum. And do you have this codebreaker book of, at your museum? Uh, no. Uh, without knowing what book was used to, to write the code in the first place, there's no way to break the code. Okay, look, these people that attacked uh, you and us, um, clearly they must have had some way to figure this out, otherwise it'd be useless to them. Perhaps we can... Uh, oh, that's very smart. In ...interrogate someone and, you know, find out... The next steps we might take. Well, if you two of you hadn't blasted all of them, <laughs> and none of them, I, I feel very confident that this code is one of Thwar's poems. Oh, he was a poet. That's right. I didn't know it. Um, you, I, also <laughs> a poet. I, I, I must confess. First of all, he never mentioned either of you. I don't know why that would be. I spent quite a bit of time with him doing research, but in either case, perhaps we could collaborate. It's clear that we can, you know, help each other uh, in case there are more bandits, uh, but we must find this book. Yes, we must. Shall we work together? I believe that would be in our advantage. Well, I suppose you could be an advantage to me. And I want to come along as well. Um, if this involves my father, I would like to know what he was working on before he, was, he passed away. And it sounds like some people are already trying to kill me. Look, you almost died once already, but I suppose if you have information, it's just that you're being sort of cryptic, but uh, well, I'm if being the others cryptic. are okay with it, I am fine. Um, in what way am I being cryptic? Um, I came to my father's funeral and then got almost killed because I was blasted in the chest. Um, and now I'm standing I, here with a bunch of strangers who my father's never mentioned. Not that I've talked to him in years anyway. 
just trying to put, a, put together the pieces of why some people are trying to kill me. Perhaps. At the same time, it could be that you were collaborating with them. They did not actually harm you. Someone else did. And anyways, it doesn't matter. Fine. Who who blasted me in the chest? Then it, there were a lot of people there. It was. Uh, it was very crowded. It was a crowded funeral. Could have been anyone shooting lasers from their hands. Um, she looks down at the dead bodies of the of the people that you you attacked, and she says, "Who do you think they were?" You know, I recognize some of these clothes. I was attacked recently. I feel like this was not an unplanned situation. I believe they had this well rehearsed. Um, we were after this for a bit. If you guys want to inspect the uh, bodies of the people who attacked you, you can totally feel free to do so. Um, everybody wants to do that, roll me an um, investigation check. Investigation check. I always have to talk during this lull in the sound so that five. people don't think their audio has turned 16. off. 17. I'm, I'm not very intelligent. Um, 17. Uh, Gearcast, you don't find any like high-quality weapons or, or uh, any real gold on them or anything like that. I picture Gearcast as just like picking them up by their belt and then t- t- turning them over and then just like pulling the pants off of them. Like, and I'm like, excuse me, I thought we were searching them. Yes. I remove the pants. Maybe, perhaps you from should From the culprit, us, then I search uh, the pants. Uh, whatever. Um, Uncle Blaze and Ulian, both of you find um, some interesting, uh, some interesting revealing stuff. Um, the first is that they, they clearly were equipped. They, they are wearing armor. They're wearing equipment uh, set up to attack somebody. Um, and they have several weapons on them. They have some knives and some, uh, and some um, uh, a couple of them have some hand crossbows that were sort of hidden under their, their clothing. Um, and the other thing that you find is every single one of them, uh, the burnt ones are a little hard to, to distinguish, but every single one of them seems to have a tattoo of a green hand on their shoulder. It's tattoo? like a handprint, like as if it was like a painted a painted hand sort of put there, but it is a tattoo drawn on. I rip uh, it open and I say, does anyone recognize this tattoo? Does anyone recognize this tattoo? There goes your voice again. How <laughs> odd. I, can I uh, roll to check to see if I can recognize this? Um, I'll, I'll tell you that you do recognize the tattoo from the people who attacked you. Okay. Um... Uh, let's see. But um, actually, Uncle Blaze, I think I'm going to say you can put the pieces together. Um, you're not totally, you've never met anybody from there, but the Green Hand is representative of an Assassin's Guild, actually sort of a subset of the Assassin's Guild. It's like a, a specific um, house of assassins called the Green Hand. Um, and they're high-end assassins. They're 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 hired basically to kill people. Um, occasionally, they 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 give new jobs to to the like new members, uh, like lower-end jobs. Uh, but for the most part, they're considered really dangerous. Oh no! I've seen this. I sound like Mr. Bill. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I got to change this. Maybe <laughs> if I try uh, Frodo. Oh no. Oh, I sound like a child. 
Okay, so Davis. Wasn't that what you're going for, right? This is like that. Well, but I don't want to. He's 101 years old. <laughs> Why don't you just do a voice that's slightly older? Like, slightly, slightly older. Uh, I'm just a little older. A little older. It doesn't hurt my throat to do it. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like a terrible actor. I've always been a terrible actor. Um, okay, I'll try. I'll try. I'll try. I'll try a little, a little old. Okay. Um, so a little old. So D- Davis, give me some coaching. What would a little bit old voice sound like? So if you if you want to have uh, your voice still be a little bit higher, you can go high without going all the way up. So imagine that you you can have your voice and then it can go up just a little bit. Just, and a, little just bit. a little bit. And you can also, um, if you it, it raise your eyebrows a little bit, it'll if also If I'm talking just a little you. bit. Just yeah, higher, just, just, a, little just, little just a little bit. And then it won't hurt your oh, throat. No. It's a little bit higher. Oh, no. Okay, yeah. I'll try that. And then uh, if you can put your, your uh, voice in a particular place, oh God, you're... you can put it in your throat. And then you put can have kind of a uh, higher uh, voice. Wait, I'm in my eyebrows and in my throat? Like, yeah. that's, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a lot of... Yeah. Or in your chin. Yeah, it's your chin. It's your chin voice again. Can you just role play my character the entire time? No. You'll be my Cyrano de Bergerac, and I'll just say the words you want to say. Just get a voice filter, like one of those <laughs> yeah, little electronics voices. Yeah, I should. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you okay? <laughs> Perhaps we need a medic still. <laughs> um, no, I'll, I'll just try that a little bit higher voice. Oh, 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 no. Wait. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me try the old person voice. Let me try the old person. <laughs> Just the old person voice. Okay. Um, uh, uh, oh, no. <laughs> uh, the Green Hand Assassins. Yes, yes, yes. I like it. Okay. Oh, uh, no. The Green Hand Assassins. I've I seen this just, before. Look, I've seen it before as well. Look, I'm just going to assume that this is one of your powers, quote unquote. And I'm just going to be okay with the fact that your voice changes. Fine. <laughs> yes, yeah. the, the green hand is dangerous. It is, uh, perhaps we're in over our heads. Have you, have you not heard of the Feather Falls players? We, no. we, I, we uh, well, it was maybe before your time, but we were a traveling actors guild who entertained kings and queens and... Dukes and duchesses around the Dalens. Fascinating. Anyways, so... I would um, like to see a show. Oh, oh, God. Well... The Green Hand... Listen, we are in danger. They're we all dead. We have plenty They're of time. They're going to send them all. <laughs> Sh- show, me your, show me your funny <laughs> oh, games. <God>. Okay, <laughs> so... I don't understand. Uh, let's see. So first off, I do a little flip, and I'll do an acrobatics <laughs> check. Wow. Check. Sure. Uh, I got go. a 15 acrobatics check. And <laughs> then I do a little flare and I say, to be or not to be? <laughs> that is the question. Um, that is not a question. A- anyways. Um, it is. That it is, is wonderful. Question. Look, I'll even clap. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a uh, very impressive flip and flourish, <laughs> by the way. Are you satisfied, uh, Gurkus, is it? Gerkus. 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 Okay. Look, I I... think we are in danger. I believe they're going to send more after us. Perhaps this time we will not be able to handle them. Perhaps we should move. Get out of here. There's still smoking bodies for crying out loud. 
I suppose. Where should we to? Well, we could go to my apartment. Do you have it's a not far from here. book in your apartment? If we are looking for the book, perhaps we should go to Thwar's home. You're looking That's for a, a secret book um, amidst all the possible books? Well, the only home that Thwar had burned up when the rest of him did. Um, but we could go visit the, the apartment. I am keen to get to the bottom of this. Then let's go like to his apartment. Do you think but they... keep your eyes peeled, because the green hand will stop at nothing to kill us if they decided that we should be dead. I will not peel my eyes, but I will keep a keen lookout. Do you think they killed Thwar? That is a very good question. That is the likely situation. Now, Lily, uh, do you understand the significance of the ring? It's a family ring. Uh, Thwar has had it for most of my life. I remember as a child, he used he wore it all the time. Um, I suspect it, it is just properties? a uh, not that I'm aware of. Um, and then she stops and she she asks you to so holds holds out her hand for you to hand her the ring. Um, and she takes the ring and she mutters under her breath. And you see her uh, moving her hand, and she says, "No, it appears to be just a normal ring." Um, identifying artifacts is most of my job at the museum. Okay. Well, uh, perhaps it's fitting that you should keep the ring, then. It seems of no use to us. Um, you can see she sort of takes it and, and nods and, and puts it in a, in a pocket in her, in her um, shirt. And it's probably fitting that I hold on to the map. If you want to. Who's holding it right now or is it still on the table? It's on the ground. Gerkus was. Ground. I think yeah, Gerkus is holding it or was okay. holding it. I, so, I think he's oh, lost I, Okay, in that. so you're hold, like maybe it's on the ground. And you're like kind of holding it. I try. I, I reach down to try to like pull it away from you gently. And Gerkus just slowly looks up at you, raises a whatever the equivalent of a dragonborn eyebrow is. Uh, look, fine. I am not t- trying to say I have to hold the map. I'm just saying it would be convenient if the. How shall I put this? Uh, do you deal with maps frequently? You have plenty of pockets. You can, t- you can take the map. Thank you. I have no pockets. No need for pockets. Where do you put your money? I don't have money. How do you pay for things? I don't pay for things. <laughs> that seems, what do you uh, eat? Food, like you. But how did you acquire the food? Mostly, I I take it and I put it in my mouth, chew and swallow, much like you, I assume. (laughs) (laughs) I think so. You have strange customs. Uh, My father has strange friends. Have you not been outside the monastery very often, son? (laughs) I'm traveling, seeing the the world. For the first time? Yes. I see. Well... If we find food, allow me to pay for it. You do not need to just take it from them. Happily. <laughs> you are very friendly. Small, strange, but friendly. Oh, boy. <laughs> I have two Spocks with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, one I perman- permanently annoyed Spock, and then one that's more like clueless Spock. <laughs> yes. You have small fingers. Perhaps you should carry the ring. <laughs> Um, okay, so 
I think we've agreed that we're going to the. I think you're headed back department. into town, right? Yeah. We're going to Thwar's place. Whatever the remains uh, well, of so, his burned, burned okay, house Okay, you're going to go to, to the, Thwar, remains Thwar's, the, the remains of his place. To look yes. for what book he might have found significant. You know, if he was like a big fan of a particular author, we might know that that's the book for him. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, so as you as you make your way back into the to the city, actually, I like the the idea that there's a shot as all of you are sort of walking away from the graveyard as the cleric comes back out of his church and he's he sort of looks around and then he's like, ah! <laughs> so there's all these dead bodies all outside it's, of his church. It starts sort of as one of those. From... <laughs> it starts as one of those slow mo shots with the four of us aligning, walking towards the camera with the smoke billowing stuff. But then it gets like sped back up when the the guy comes out and like ah what the heck <laughs> <laughs> and he's like shout, shouting at you but yeah, but you're all is, you're all too far away now. <laughs> this is the Mike Hab- my cabbages guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can all these dead cabbages. You make your way back into town, uh, and the festival um, that was going on in town before is in full swing now. Um, there's definitely uh, lots of, of jovialness going on with the. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the. The, the Jour festival. de l'Aguillon. Yeah. Yes. Um, I've heard uh, good things about this day. Uh, and um, right, the uh, they, they've got lots of festival food, and there's carts, and there, there are people that are celebrating. Uh, and of course, there are airships in the air um, right. that are flying around. Um, uh, and the airships are, are even sending off like um, occasional uh, rockets, like fireworks um, that they're sending off for, for a little blast that happened in the air. Um, and it's very festive. Um, it's still daytime, uh, but the rain has stopped um, as it was raining before. Uh, and now um, it's clearing up quite a bit and people are kind of coming out of their homes and, and celebrating with that. As Gerkus's you... mouth is just open. <laughs> Excited, <laughs> t- looking at just everything. T- excitedly taking everything in. Yeah. Um, there you is a cart the, selling delicious um, street meats um, if you guys want to stop for some food. Uh-huh. I say to, uh, to Gerkas, I say, um, you seem uh, quite excited by the, by the spectacle. Yes. Flying, flying ships, explosions in the sky. This is strange. Oh, yes. I take it to that in your part of the world that there is no there is no flying uh, ships and, and such. We have tales of my people used to fly. Oh, like uh, on your own power? Yes. Oh, interesting. The dragons of old. My ancestors. Oh, so you are, like you are actually descended from, from dragons. Oh, yes, yes, I have read about you. Not you specifically, of course, but... Uh, Not yet. Well, my people have always been firmly on the ground, and it is well past uh, second lunch, and I am liking the smell of that uh, booth over there, so uh, don't mind me while I partake. And I rub my belly and walk up to the uh, desk and buy some food. Gerkas, please allow us to uh, interact with the facility and deal with the uh, aspect of money instead of you um, just taking what you like before we have that opportunity to have that interaction. Uh, good advice. Gerkus, would you <laughs> like one? Yes. Um, 
the the cart is selling uh, like skewers of snakes. They're actually um, uh, pulled around and like skewered on them and and roasted. Mm. Um, Aren't they also your and, cousins? Uh, and he's got <laughs> what, what was that? Aren't they Garrick's cousins? Um, distant snakes. enough. <laughs> <laughs> a little too distant. Yes. Um, uh, and he's he's got like a whole selection of different snakes. Uh, and uh, he says, oh, hey, welcome. Welcome to Simon's Snake Shop. What can I get for you? Let me ask you. Uh, snakes, Simon. Please. Oh yes, sell snakes. Oh, oh, sorry, I wasn't supposed Roasted. to. I've got uh, I've got these these ones are chili pepper snakes. That's Very. the seasoning on the snake, not the kind of snake. Let Let me ask you, dear Simon, do you have um, a type of snake? It's it's we call it chili. Chili you might have snake. Heard of it as Kelly. Like a no, snake named Kelly. It is not as exactly a snake. It is a eel. Oh, like a water snake. I've got water snake. You do? Oh. How do you prepare it? Uh, mostly I cook it. Is there <laughs> any chance I could have one before you have cooked it? You want a live one? Uh, uh, actually, do you have a live one? Uh, sure. In the snake basket. Okay. Um, and he just leans down, and he's got a big basket, and he he opens it up, and it's li- it's just live snakes, and uh, oh, in inside of a big basket. And he goes, "You want to pick it out yourself? Are, are there actually any eels in there? Um, Why not? I, I think he has he has water snakes. He has snakes that like go in yeah, water, but they're, not but they're clearly so, not in water right okay, now. But I'm like, oh, I see. Oh, it's not exactly. Uh, I, I guess I will try one of your normal recipes then. Oh. Uh, alive or the the ones you prepare? Let's let's. Oh, okay, gotcha. Let's have the way you have snakes before I put them back down. I put them. I'm gonna put them back down on the ground. Nope, like them cooked. Okay, all right. (laughs) Yo, everyone's got their own flavor. Um, uh, which which kind do you want? I've got this one's lemongrass. That's a joke because it's a snake. Um, and this one is this. This one's Very chili. Good. If you want the chili ones, and this I one's like frozen, chili, please. which is not yeah, the same as chili. It's colder. I would like the. Oh, yes, I would like the chili, please. Uh, yes, great. It's spicy. There you yes, go. I love it. Thank lemongrass you. for me, sir. Oh, lemongrass. That's a good choice. I'll take one of each. That's one of each. All right. <laughs> um, one of each flavor, or one of each of the ones that they picked. One of each flavor, please. Oh, wonderful. Uh, he hands you five different snakes, snake skewers Thank uh, you. that you have. Uh, he says, that'll be seven gold. Uh, I pay. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> you, you don't have to pay for me. I understand you offered to uh, pay for uh, Gierkes, but I have my own resources. Okay. Oh, okay. Thank you. So I pay my part. Um, Nothing for the little lady. And she says, uh... I'll pass. Snakes are not my favorite. Is it any good? I eat the snake. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, the lemongrass right. has a nice has a nice tang to it, and the uh, they, they this guy grills up a mean snake. Um, hold, hold on one second. Where do I have money? It's under equipment, and then it should right above the managed Other equipment button. It should say currency. Uh, equipment. Oh. Uh, I don't see... Oh, I see. I, I had no currency. <laughs> <laughs> so you should uh, also have pay. currency? 
Okay. Should I have had currency? Mm. Uh, I have these DM, I five strange small golden discs. <laughs> like, Apparently, they were in my non-pockets. Uh, like yeah, never, you can go ahead and give yourself. I think we, I we can assume you have, you have a little bit of money. Um, <laughs> okay, like how much should I put down? Uh, you can do five gold as well. Okay, five gold. Okay. And this was, how much did this cost? It was seven gold. And the, for total, right? So I probably paid like two gold or something. No, it was seven was gold paid. in total for all of them, but Gerkus yeah. got five, so there yeah, was so all. So I'll pay. I'll pay two gold, so I'm down to three gold. Yeah. All right. This is the most <laughs> expensive street snakes ever. <laughs> I must say, although this is mostly depleted, my finances, this is quite a tasty meal, and it is indeed spicy, if I say so myself. Well, Ulian, uh, you seem to be actually enjoying life. That's uh, quite a quite a new thing I've seen in, in, among your repertoire of emotions. I enjoy life to the fullest. Actually, I I might say I enjoy life more than more most people I know. Oh well, my kind of p- person. I just don't necessarily enjoy the frivolities that most people seem to enjoy. Clearly, um, at that moment, there's more fireworks that go off in the. In the sky. <laughs> when he says, uh, I don't enjoy their frivolities, um, Gerkas has tied the s- snakes together to make one very large <laughs> snake. So he only has to hold one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Munching down on one. Yeah. Is it like a one. tube of snake, essentially? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's like one of those candies that's like the long Twizzler, what is this covered in the, the uh, uh, nerds? You know what I'm talking about? That? Like <laughs> yeah. candy you used to get at the, the fair. This yeah. sounds like the helix, like you know the, <laughs> yeah, the the medicine helix and the DNA helix. The snake yeah. is eating its own tail. Yeah, yeah, Ouroboros. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's take a break, and when we get back, let's continue with the adventure. What do you say? Sounds good. Let's do it. All right, we're back from the break. If you haven't become a patron of the podcast, please do so. Also, if you haven't joined the GameToGrow.org newsletter, do so by doing what, Davis? Go to GameToGrow.org slash newsletter. Make sure you let us know whether you are a parent or a therapist, whether you're interested in groups or whether you're interested in training or whether you just want to know about the latest cutting-edge advances in therapeutic gaming. If Ulian was trying to convince people to become a patron of the podcast, what would that sound like? (laughs) Apologies for intruding in your fine afternoon, I'm sure. Um, But it is very important, critical even, that you listen very carefully to my words. There is a way for you to improve your life and that of those around you. All you have to do is become a patron of a quote-unquote podcast called The Psychology in Seattle. Uh, One of the benefits is I will lecture you at length about all the findings I have made in recent years about the very intricate intricacies of the finer points of arithmancy. And um, anyways, uh, I'll continue on as soon as you become a patron. Thank you very much. (laughs) Mostly I just wanted to hear that speech. Uh, It was was just like, I wonder what Ulian would sound like. That was good. (laughs) Perfect. Um, All of you are making your way down the road and to where Thwar's apartment is. Um, in the city, most of the people live in 
in apartment buildings, uh, very few people live in, in like full houses or anything like that. Um, the city is, is pretty packed, actually. It's, it's pretty um, full of people bustling about, getting to their, their uh, places of work, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but as you make your way to the apartment building, uh, the apartment building is um, a nice, nice enough place. Um, not super, super nice, but uh, it's it definitely, like, would take some money to, to have a place like this in the city. Um, and you can easily tell where Thwar's apartment is because from the very outside of the building, you can see a huge um, scorched hole um, in the side of the in the side of the building, um, and it looks like most of the wall is missing from from that particular area. Although it does look like whatever fire uh, happened in Thwar's apartment uh, clearly must have been sort of contained to his apartment by itself, um, and so uh, it's mostly just his place that is that is scorched and that is burned up. Um, but it's not hard for you to make your way up there and and um, uh, uh, and. To the to the front door of, of his apartment. Um, he lives in apartment thirty three. Mm. On the third floor. Hmm. So well, open the door and um, see you inside. As you step in, it's clear that there was a tremendous amount of fire um, in this apartment. Everything is pretty scorched and burned and and destroyed um and there was sort of a fire brigade that came in and and put it out put out the fire and so everything's also kind of wet now um in it in addition to having been uh, largely burned but it's also uh this happened uh, almost a full week ago um and nobody has yet come in to to claim and start cleaning it up and repairing it um, but you suspect that will probably be happening pretty soon. Uh, so for the time being, you've, you've got some opportunity to investigate what's, what's happened. Um, and you can see Lily's um, kind of having a hard time with, with this. Hey, She's very hesitant a, to, to step in. Oh, sorry. I, I have a proficiency in investigation. Okay. Yeah, that, that's, that that's, included, that's included in your investigation check. Oh, that gives me a bonus. Got so it. your investigation check is what it is. I see. Which should be something like plus six or something. But investigation is basically like you're you're looking for something specific, like you're scanning the environment, and like looking for something that is that um, uh, you're trying to find. Yeah, I see. Or investigating uh, arson. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so investigation check. Yep, everybody, give me investigation. I got a nineteen. <sighs> I rolled a one. I got a three. Does rolling a one right. and something like a check make me trip on my robes or something? Um, you tell me. What do you do? That's that's just the worst. You lose one million brain cells. Here's well, here's <laughs> yeah. what was going to happen. You ex- I, I leaned down to start looking for fingerprints, uh, but uh, you know when I had kind of hastily put back my robes after I had hastily taken them off and stuff like that. I didn't realize, like, I was kind of tangled in the pants or something. So as I leaned down, I sort of stepped on it, and I went face first into all the ashes. <laughs> I've got <laughs> ashes covering my face, and I'm coughing. <laughs> so so Lily I, comes actually running up behind you and, and says, Oh, my God, are you okay? I'm, I'm fine. Sorry, I was just uh, looking for... <laughs> Fingerprints. Uh, in the I'm, I'm floor. Fine. I'll be fine. I don't I, know what I was thinking. Would you, would you like some water from my canteen? 
Oh, thank you very much. I am parched. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, as you as you are investigating, you're sort of looking around the apartment, really taking a close look at at what happened here. At least trying to figure out where the where the fire came from. Uh, you determine two things, um, and I'll say I guess this is mostly uh, Uncle Blaze. Uh, Blazonar, you you figure out um, two things. First of all, you're looking for the possibility of something that may have been hidden away. Um, from your your perspective, if Thwar had something valuable, if he had something that he was really trying to protect, like say a book for a for a cipher, um, that he might have hidden it away somewhere, and that that place may not be burned quite so easily. And so you're sort of searching for um, hidden passages or for hidden. Uh, hidden places that yeah. somebody somebody clever like Thwar might have hidden something. Yeah. Um, the second thing that you're looking for is you're trying to determine where the fire started. Yeah. Um, and you figure out two two things. The first is um, the fire looks like it started in the center of the apartment. It looks it looks like it happened right in the very middle of the room. In fact, you can even see a scorch mark coming out from a center location within the middle of the apartment, which is unusual. Like. Fires happen in by the stove, or they happen, you know, by the garbage, or something like that. Uh, fire doesn't suddenly burst into life in the middle of the room, leaving leaving scorch marks out for, in every direction. Um, but what's really disturbing about it is that you see footprints right there, um, almost like the fire happened outward from a person, um, and literally outlining their feet oh. in the very center of the room. I I point at it and I say. Magical fire emitted from somebody. You can see the foot, the footprints right there. That is our murderer. Well, How big are I'm the wiping um, suit Small. out of my eyes. I go, um, yes, <clears throat> I can see that as well, actually. Um, I think that's what I was hoping to find when I leaned down. <laughs> so they're small feet, you said, Jaws? Mm-hmm. Like halfling um, size feet, half-ling like halfling sized feet. Hmm. I put I, I put my feet next to it and sort of. Uh, it's not too dissimilar from your own sized feet. Not too so dissimilar from my own sized feet. Self. Um, Why would he burn his own apartment? Hmm. Not just his apartment, but himself. I don't think my father would have killed himself. Do we know he is in fact dead? I don't remember what happened last. <laughs> Well, when you we... went into the grave, did you see him? Did he see? You did sort of smash the front of the of yeah. the grave. There was yeah. definitely a dead, burnt body in the in the grave. Did I see the face well enough to? No. Uh, honestly, too burnt uh, okay. to be able to too tell. Too burnt. Okay. Well, perhaps uh, there is more to this mystery than we are aware. I t- I turn to Lily and I say, "Are you a hundred percent?" No. Are you absolutely sure that your father is dead? Well, I'm... that's what I was told, I guess. I, you... I, I, I don't know. I haven't spoken to him in years. I, I mean, we live in the same city, but, but we never got along very well, and, and he always seemed so distant. Um, well, he seemed so interested in his own adventures and his own stories that he was, he was always pursuing. Adventures and stories. He was a clever bastard, but he was much smarter than this. Much smarter. That I agree with. Um, 
as you continue sort of searching around uh, Blazonar, you also find a secret uh, compartment. Okay. Um, I uh, check it for traps. Uh, yeah, that's totally a worthwhile thing to check for. Um, give me, give me a. Um, is it, what is, is it investigation? I, think I it's guess investigation. it's investigation. Yeah. yeah, give me an extra investigation check. Fifteen. Um, so underneath um, one of the bookshelves, and there are books here, but frankly, it's kind of hard to read any of the titles. Everything has been totally burnt to a crest. So you're fine. You're like pulling books out, and they're they're soaked and totally burned, and you're trying to like flip through them, seeing seeing if you can tell what what the name of the book and the title of the book is. Um, and he has tons of books all all around, um, and knickknacks and all sorts of stuff that you find in an apartment. Uh, but underneath one of the the um, uh, bookshelves, there's actually a hole in the back of the wall. Um, so it's sort of under a shelf and then at the very back of the bookshelf. Um, and you manage to, to it's got like a little hole that you can put your finger in and then pull out a panel. Um, and you definitely like take a close look and put in something else in the in the hole to make sure that there's not going to be something that like chops your finger off right as you so put your finger in. If or I can, like that. I actually unveil my thieves tools on the ground. <laughs> it's like a hole. And when I leather... And I make sure everyone sees them, and they're very complicated, you know. And I'm really kind of well. Well, this looks like an old, an old Cormanthor lock. Uh, this will be easy. Seems like um, this is not your first time doing this. No, no, 101 years. Um, and you, it isn't trapped, but the panel reveals that it is a small safe. Um, and it's, but it also looks like the fire didn't touch it. The, the front of the safe seems intact. Voila, my new friends. And I step oh. back. Um, go ahead and give me a uh, dexterity saving throw um, for you to pick the lock on the safe. Uh, a 21. Oh, yeah. Um, you have absolutely no problems picking this, this lock. Um, and, and do it with, with a flourish and a pump. Yeah. Plum? A plum? I a whistle plum. and I go... To be or not to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you open the safe, um, the only thing that is inside of it is a key. It's a small safe. It's only about this big. And you open it up, and, and there's just a, a single key laying in the in the bottom of the safe. I see. Um, you can instantly recognize uh, uh, this is a safe deposit key. Um, they all kind of look the same as each other. Um, so this is clearly like a key for some kind of safe deposit box. And do it I does see, have do I, um, a number I, on I it. pick it up and I display it on my hand okay. for everybody. Ah, uh-huh. I have a feeling that may be related to the small piece of paper I found earlier. The one that was uh, carelessly dropped, but uh, irrelevant. Uh, the point is the name on the paper. It is a famous bank. Oh, and I show the paper. It's all WP Speps. WP yes. Speps. I think we're looking for a book. Yes, but uh, they have uh, safe deposit boxes. For books? Per- yes, for anything. It can include books, up to hmm. and including books. Strange customs. I suppose it's possible if he really did know what the book cipher was that he could have hidden the book in a safe deposit box is there any markings on the key um it just says 81 81 oh oh by the way then i flip the paper around 
and it says AT1. And um, is the bank nearby? Um, uh, yes. I, I think it's down the street from here. Lily, do, do you mind if I disguise myself as your father again? Well, um, I don't want to shock the system. It was a little... Uh, yes, I suppose it's fine. I understand getting to the bottom of this, and I do want to know what happened to my father. I mean, I, you know, we weren't close, but he, but he, he was important to me, and he, yes, I suppose he, it's fine. He was important to all of us. It's a little unnerving is all. Yes. Your disguises uh, are, well, spot on. And uh, with that, I, I cast a spell, I do a little twirl, and I make myself into Thwar again. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, I say, Blazonar, if I may, um, perhaps while you are in disguise, uh, you may want to keep to one voice. I only have one voice. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> He's done that is my again. father's voice. <laughs> you, you've, you've nailed it, Blazonar. <laughs> Very impressive. Well, off to the bank. Uh, to get to the bottom of this. Um... You travel, it's, it's really just like a block, a block down. Uh, this bank is a really nice bank. Um, it is the kind of bank where um, you walk in and there are tellers and there are people, but there's also like a person who immediately greets you at the front door. Um, they actually have like mints, that they, like a selection of mints that they offer to everybody who walks in the, the front door of the bank. Um, uh, let's see. Um, uh, Blazonar, you're currently dressed as Thwar, um, yeah. and uh, he wears pretty plain clothing. He's not a he's not a flashy clothing kind of guy. And in fact, this bank seems kind of out of character for him. Um, uh, you never knew him to be like surprisingly rich or anything like that. He was he was did okay for himself, but uh, he was not like rolling in dough or anything. Um, and this place is clearly upscale. Um, By the way, Julian, the, I think you've, you've this got isn't some pretty the, nice This isn't the key that was stolen from my warehouse, right? No. Okay. No, no, no. Because uh, that's what question, was stolen no. from my hand. I, yeah. I am wearing my best That, uh, that key is like an, ancient, like an ancient-looking... Uh, uh, artifact. Artifact key, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm wearing the best uh, robes that I own, which I suppose... They're not like super wealthy robes. They're just fancy robes because i was at the funeral and that's what more like fancy academic yes yes yeah you might see a professor wear at a funeral (laughs) Um, i look like ryu from street fighter (laughs) so the guy the guy serving the mints and and lily is actually pretty well dressed she's a curator at a museum she she dresses pretty professionally um the guy who's serving the mints sort of looks you all over and and his eyes kind of land on on you gierkes uh, and he kind of gives like a an upscale like, <laughs> um, and he says, "A mint, sirs." Uh, how many mints are on the tray? Uh, he he has them like nicely spaced out, uh, so oh, that you don't touch put, other people's mints when you put my oh, hand like, along the side and Thank you. Uh, and he kind of he kind of frowns and grimaces, um, and he says, "He has um, really bad breath." Gerkes, I I pull my ear at Gerkes. Um, excuse me. I do not understand what this custom uh, yes, is. I, you, you may not want to take all of them. Is the thing? You, oh no, I do. I'm I'm wanting to try bad. them all. Oh boy. 
Um, you saw what his breath he, the, did the back guy at the <laughs> chapel, <laughs> did you know? <laughs> the guy is serving the mints. He needs some cooling um, off. <laughs> Uh, is is also sort of the greeter to direct you to where you where you would like to go, um, and he says, uh, "How can I help you?" I would also like something to drink. <laughs> uh, very well, uh, we shall have somebody bring you some water. Are you here to open an account? No, I'm here to get in to my safe deposit number eighty-one, if you will. Oh, I see. Um, yes, uh, uh, just over sorry, here. We are this kind gentleman of in a over rush here can... too, so uh, please, let's expedite it. Uh, s- certainly, if you have a safe deposit box with us, uh, we would be very happy to help you uh, get that taken care of. Um, uh, have a seat right over here. We'll have somebody out for you immediately. Thank you. Um, and he, d- he he sort of runs off uh, and is grumbling about having to get more mints. Um, and uh, and he comes back shortly with a with a glass of water, but not before um, somebody else. Um, comes in and a, a woman who's who's dressed um, uh, fairly smartly um, and she is a half elf and she kind of comes walking in and she says um, yes I've heard that you want to open up a uh, you, you have a safe deposit box you'd like to access that's right number 81 I have the key right here oh uh, number 81 uh, Mr. Thwar I, I apologize <laughs> I, I, uh, I hadn't met you myself uh, but you are uh, quite quite famous in the bank here since since you opened up your account uh, a week ago uh, yes of course um, I'd, I'd love to walk you back to the to the box uh, please this way thank you very um, much uh, and she gives like a mean look to the guy who brings you back a glass of water as you're as you're walking away um, and you hear her mumble under your breath and she says Mr. Thwar um, to the to the mint guy, um, as uh, and and he like like suddenly looks like really shocked and and nervous. And she's she's walking you back through the through the bank and in, in back through beyond the tellers um, and into the safe deposit box area. And all the safe deposit boxes vary in sizes and they they uh, vary in in style. Uh, but one of the things that's really unique about this bank is that they have different locks on many of the different safe deposit boxes. Um, and uh, she uh, brings you over and she says, um, I must admit, Mr. Thwar, it's a pleasure to, to really meet you in person. Um, it's the first time we've been able to uh, have a customer distinguished enough to purchase our highest level security box, um, not to mention to have insured it for quite, quite as much money as you had done. So um, it's just a, a, a wonderful pleasure to meet such an a amazing patron of the bank. That's all. And it's a wonderful pleasure to meet someone who can take a wonderful pleasure in me. That is one of the most pleasurable things that I have ever had. Yeah. Uh, she she kind of uh, uh, smiles and, and has like a little laugh. Um, and she says, uh, just this way, if you would use your key. Um, and she she pulls out a key of her own and the two of you kind of put, put your keys in at the same time and turn them. May we have some privacy, please? Uh, of course. Uh, you need only to undo the second lock, uh, which I will leave for you to do uh, on your own. Uh, and she she opens up the the key, and then there's another lock behind it, um, and it has a um, thumbprint section, uh, like a like a place to put your thumb. It's clearly designed for like your thumb to go onto. Does um, the spell change my uh, thumbprint? Uh, I don't think it's quite that good. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, so first off, I wanted to but say she, something. She sort of nods and, and walk starts walking away. Okay, I try my. I wanted thumb, to say something just... to the group really quick. Uh, um, um, by the way, uh, companions, um, we may want to be on our guard. First of all, 
it's possible that these uh, assassins, these uh, the Green Hand, they um, they may know about the bank. They may be on their way here. This gal may be a uh, accomplice of theirs. In fact, there might even be a trap inside of here. So let's just all be very, very careful. Hmm. Agreed. I don't want to die in a bank. Agreed. Especially one like this. So I guess I use my thieves' abilities to check the lock and everything. I guess I, I, hadn't, I hadn't considered that, actually. Um, you would uh, recognize this. So this is a magical lock, um, but it actually doesn't use your thumbprint. It uses your blood. Um, it Ooh. has a little a needle that comes up when you put your thumb on uh, that takes a, a small bit of blood from you. Um, you probably need to, to um, have blood similar to Thwar's in order to open this lock. Uh, huh. uh, uh, hopefully Garakaz doesn't hear this because he might just slice open the... <laughs> uses lasers to slice open the girl. Um, uh, who who recognizes this? Uh, uh, Bla- Blazenar? Uh, Blazenar does, yeah. Okay, so... Uh, I changed my voice back to my voice while remaining in Thwar uh, visage. Lily, my dear, this is a lock that requires blood or similar blood to Thwar in order to open. So if you could put your thumb, it will hurt a little bit, but it really could advance the cause. Um, she says, oh, a blood lock. Um, those are expensive. I wonder how my father even afforded this. And the whole reaction with the person at the bank. Um, this all seems very unusual. Um, but she reaches up. She doesn't have a problem with it. And she does sort of flinch a little as it, as it takes her blood. But it seems to work. Um, and, and it uh, sort of uh, dings. And then the, the lock opens up and, uh, just a little for you to be able to get it out. As you pull the safe deposit box out of the, out of the vault um, and set it onto the table in the middle of the room, uh, you open it up. Um, and given the context of everything else, um, it is uh, strange to find. Uh, you find a list of strange things. And I'm going to read these all off, but you guys can investigate these. You can ask questions about them. That is all open to you. You find a tape measure, a pocket watch, a doorknob, an ugly crumpled up hat, a rubber duck, a yellow rubber duckling, uh, a makeup mirror, an hourglass, a screwdriver, and an apartment key. Hmm. Oh, and you also find a piece of paper. Uh, The piece of paper details an insurance policy on this safe deposit box. Um, The insurance policy is the safe deposit box is insured for over a million gold. Hmm. Hey, quick question. Um, the uh, I missed one thing. So tape measure, pocket watch, doorknob, blah, yellow duckling. Uh, uh, after doorknob was ugly crumpled up hat. Got it. Yellow duck, hourglass. What else? Uh, rubber duck, uh, makeup mirror, uh, like a little compact makeup mirror, uh, an hourglass, a screwdriver, um, a flathead screwdriver or a, a standard screwdriver, um, and an apartment key. Okay. Uh, so I'm assuming we're going to just inspect all these things. 
Sure. Anything you want to specifically look at first, or do you want me to just give you a little bit more well, details on each of them? Uh, we I should do have say one Lily thing. do her thing. We should have Lily. Lily, see if she recognizes anything. She 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 could tell that you know earlier she had some magical abilities to inspect artifacts. Maybe she would recognize if anything here was particularly magical. Um. So she she pulls out actually the piece of paper detailing the the thing. Uh, she says, a million gold? Where did he get a million gold from to insure the box? Um, and why would he do that to all this junk? Can I inspect to see if anything is an illusion? Sure. Um, and are you going to... You, you you have to ask her in character if you want her to, to um, like, perform yeah. magic or something. Lily, uh, per, yeah, per, you can totally start looking through. your museum abilities will be able to determine the true nature of these objects because surely they are not just as they seem and then I try to see if any of them are an illusion um, totally uh, each of you start sort of is picking up and investigating each of these items and, and taking a look at them um, they are sort of unusual um, but they don't seem like illusions uh, they don't they, you, you can feel them they have tactile sense to them they, they are are um, definitely real items, and they don't appear to have any illusions. And Lily uh, casts, casts spells and, and investigates all of them. She says none of them are even magical. Um, I couldn't tell you what any of this is. Um, the uh, the things you discover are um, the tape measure is like a little pull out tape measure. Um, it only it says that it's a ten foot tape measure, but it actually only pulls out to three and a half feet, and then it gets stuck. Um, and then it goes back in, and then it pulls out to three and a half feet and gets stuck. About three and a half feet. Um, the pocket watch doesn't wind and is, in fact, not ticking. And it is stuck reading the time of 2.46. The doorknob is brass, and it's well-worn like it's been used a lot. Um, but it's otherwise uh, not particularly important-seeming. The uh, ugly crumpled-up hat, um, when you kind of uncrumple it, is like a weird sailor's cap, um, but no like uh, like markings on it or anything like that of like a like a military or anything. Um, the rubber duck is a yellow rubber duck, and it squeaks when you squeeze it. Uh, the makeup mirror has like a light colored makeup in it, almost almost white uh, makeup, like a makeup powder, um, and it's sort of a compact, so it opens up like a clamshell. Uh, the hourglass is filled with, it's a small handheld hourglass, and it's filled with, like, a black sand. Um, and it uh, maybe times for a couple of minutes, um, uh, but it doesn't have any writings or etchings or anything on it. Uh, the screwdriver is old and beat up. It even has, like, a couple of, like, little chips in it. Um, and the apartment key says on it, number 27. So it is apparently not the key to his apartment. Um, if I were to believe that we are in some sort of mysterious circumstance, I might attribute some importance to the fact that this tape measure only goes to a specific number and that the pocket watch only reads a specific number. Perhaps that might be useful for us at some point. Are we in an escape room? I checked to see if the door is uh, locked. <laughs> uh, it doesn't appear to be. It's an escape room. Actually, you, you open up the door, and the woman on the on the outside has like her, her eyes up. She's like waiting right outside the door for you, and then you, you close it back up again. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, 
What do you mean by escape room? I mean, we might have to escape if things get ugly. In, in Feather Falls, we have a game where we, get, you know, it's a game. Well, I'll play oh. it with you sometime. I see. Very well. Um, okay, so is your apartment by any chance, uh, Lily, uh, number 27? Uh, it's not my apartment. Um, Does that apartment key match the other apartment key, the other, <clears throat> like, the stylings of the apartment that uh, Thwar lives in, lived in? Um, well, that's a really good question. We didn't um, see the key. His door, his door was unlocked, but just curious if we could just go, you know, six doors down. Uh, no, is there, yeah. So, yeah, so do we recognize actually, where this key is Actually, no, but I, I'll give you an extra piece of detail. I think on the other side of the key, I think it has the the number twenty seven on one side, and on the other side, I think it has the the actually address of the of the apartment. Um, if you lose, if you live in this apartment and you lose your key, you're just giving someone the hundred <laughs> percent way to get into your apartment. It's really bad. I, it's really I think terrible. It's, I think it's Whoever. written on it. It's it's That's like someone. So it's really a the, bad idea. Yeah, it's a terrible someone. idea. Yeah, it's totally. like putting your license plate number in your car key. Like, yeah. But that's why the key was in a safe deposit box. Yeah, I mean, oh, sure. Yeah, it makes sense. Insured for a million gold. Um, the key says 482 Destiny Avenue. Okay. Uh, let's see. Is I, that in I, town? I be- Do we know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Destiny Avenue is actually not very far from where you are. I believe we might need several of these things. Um, if I were betting Vidalkin, I would bet that we might end up needing the doorknob to open the door that this key goes to. I might want to take that with. Um, I don't know about the hat, unless one of you one of you wants to wear it as a stylish statement. Um, perhaps, uh, Gerkus, you might be interested in this. It squeaks. Squeak, squeak. <laughs> we should um, give this to the child. I hand it to Blazenar. Blazenar, <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, that... Uh, you might find this makeup mirror handy. It it has some makeup powder. Oh, yeah, no. yes. You disguise uh, yourself often. Yes, perhaps. Perhaps if we go to the apartment, this these other items will work themselves out. Julian, what we is might your? Want to bring all of them. Yes, I think we should bring them all. Well, shall we? Go to our next stop on this I must mystery. say, I'm intrigued. I, I don't know what's going on, and this all seems very unusual to me. Um, if he had a million gold, what was he doing just putting it all into a safe deposit box to hold a bunch of junk? Well, I, and hopefully we'll find out. Sorry, the insurance policy is for the stuff here? Mm-hmm. So he basically paid a million gold just oh, for the safe deposit box. For the safe. Okay. Wow. Does the uh, doorknob have a keyhole in it? It does not. Okay. Does the I'm, I'm totally in like a, a, totally. a breakout yeah, yeah, room mode. Uh, uh, does uh, King's quest? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Left. Point, point, click adventure this out, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, use hourglass give, give with me, apartment give me key. Some, give me some. <laughs> use hourglass with doorknob. Uh, use doorknob. At least not now. It has no effect. <laughs> I don't think those will work together. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to look in the makeup mirror and turn it in a circle and look at everything around the room. Actually, did sure. we open it's the compact? <laughs> did we did, did we actually open the compact? Was that part uh, yeah. of when we were? Okay, I, I assume so. Yeah. Okay. 
So you can see it even has like even it has it's like one of those ones that has like a little pad, uh, like a little flat. Companions, I believe we should not overstay our welcome here. Um, perhaps we should get going. Agreed. Um, you make your way out, and as soon as you open the door, the the assistant who the person who is assisting you, the bank uh, employee, um, says, "Everything is to your liking, um, uh, Mr. Thwar." Yes, I would like to cash in my policy. Is, do you have like a redeeming redeem the gold? Uh, <laughs> I, um, I, I. It was an insurance. I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to say it's it, it's non-refundable. The the bank manager was quite clear with you about that. I'm just joking with you. Duck, calm down. Oh, oh. <laughs> I see. Oh, just a bit of a bit of humor. Oh. Well, we we are incredibly grateful for your for your business with our bank, of course. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, no, no one's ever taken out a, a policy on a safe deposit box quite that large. You set some records in our bank. Uh, do you have? Do you have more? Do you have like a bag of mints for my for my companion here? Oh yes, of course. Oh, so, I would uh, be more yeah. than happy to serve your your companion Lisa as many mints as he would enjoy. Listen uh, up. Uh, do you want to ask about uh, your other accounts, perhaps? Uh oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Can I roll a persuasion check or a deception check? Sure. What are you tra- What are you trying to deceive? I'm trying to. I don't know how to ans- ask the question in a way that doesn't come across like I like don't know what I'm talking about. Well, I might as well just cash out all of my assets here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, I got. While I'm at this, I got a seventeen. So while I'm here, I might as well cash out all my assets. <laughs> um, and she looks she looks confused at you for a second. She says, um, "Do you mean everything from the safe deposit box?" That and uh, yeah, it's, I have investments all over town in various banks. <laughs> oh, and... of course. Um, uh, let me double check, but I'm fairly certain you didn't open an account with us. Well, could uh, you just check? a safe deposit. Uh, you know, I, I forget. You know. uh, uh, I shall double check as I grab your mitts for your friend. At his age and all, you know, these uh, things do oh, uh, oh, no, you you couldn't be a day over uh, 55, oh, uh, Mr. Thwar. Flattering, yes. <laughs> um, yes. And she says, you should I'll hear return momentarily. Uh, um, please w- wait in the waiting area just over here. Um, and she, she runs off, and she comes back just a couple of minutes later with with like a whole like little bag of of mints uh, and, and hands them over. And she says, "I've double checked with the bank manager. Uh, you don't currently have an account with us, though we would be very happy to help you open one." Oh, okay. Well, thank you for the mints, Gerkus. Here's some more f- for your breath. Thank you. <laughs> we'll be off now. Thank oh, you. Uh, very well. Uh, it was wonderful to meet you, Mr. Thwar, and I hope to see you in the future. Uh, maybe perhaps open, help you open up one of those accounts if you'd like. Absolutely. If you're lucky. We'll see. Um, and she <laughs> motions uh, and, and escorts you back to the, to the front of the building. And, and the guy who uh, was serving you mints is no longer there. Oh, um, cool. <laughs> Uh, and she uh, waves and, and smiles at you as you as you make your way out of the building. These um, are so strange. They are hot and cold. Icy hot. <laughs> that, uh, yes, that is the way they taste. Yes. yes. I like them quite much. <laughs> They're from the land of Altodia. <laughs> Altodia. Oh, I have not read about this place. 
It is a very hot and cold place. <laughs> well, it is both hot and unusually cold. hot and cold. It is a shame I only have one small bag. <laughs> He's just dumping the whole thing. I will not be able to share this with you. <laughs> Most unfortunate. I did have my fill, however. One was plenty. All right, back to the or no to four eight two Destiny Avenue. All right. To fulfill our destiny. You head several streets down to 482 Destiny Avenue. Um, this building, unlike Thwar's uh, building that he clearly lived in, his apartment was in, is a nice building. Uh, this is a pretty nice place. Um, in fact, it's so nice that they uh, have, have a, uh, a, um, a doorman at the front. He doesn't really stop you. He just assumes... Uh, um, that you are are there, and he actually turns to you, uh, Blazonar. Are you still wearing? You're still dressed as Thwar. Yeah. Uh, he actually turns to you and he says, uh, "Mr. Crumple, it's wonderful to see you." Crumple is not Thwar's last name. Right. Um, mm. uh, and he says, uh, "Guest today, sir. That's wonderful." Um, and he motions for you to to go inside. Thank you very much. Mm. Um, they have a uh, lift that's actually pulled. Um, uh, by uh, a golem. They have a golem that, that is there to like pull the line on a lift. We're in um, a moving box. Uh, and so they, you actually bring yourself up to the, to the fourth floor uh, to get to apartment 482. Strange oh. music inside Excuse me, everyone, box. hold on. The Just golem hums while he pulls on the thing. <laughs> one second, please. Um, I want to cast Unseen Servant. Can I cast Unseen Servant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what do I have to do to cast it? I just cast it. I think you just so, say you cast it, although you can describe okay. how you how you. Okay, I'm going to cast it. Um, if you shout, I cast it. Unseen I, servant. No, yeah, <laughs> the casting I, process. Unseen servant. I put out my hands like beckoning someone at me, and I say, "Come to me, angel of service." My name is Gerkas. <laughs> you're in. You're <laughs> in the elevator right now. It's just the just the four of you in the elevator. Yes. And um, so he's an unseen servant. But what I do is I take off my uh, the top layer because it's getting a little warm of my dress robes, and I just hand in. I drape them across the unseen servant's arm. <laughs> um. Uh. So they just start floating in midair. Then yes, they're floating in midair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. Perfect. What does your unseen <laughs> servant look like? I I always imagined you can see it, but nobody else can. Yes. Uh. I can definitely see him. So. He looks like, uh, it's a little embarrassing, but he looks like a female Vidalcan. And uh, she Ew, is... Kinky. She's not necessarily fully attired. She's not nude either. It's just, it's kind of like for going swimming, <laughs> which is something that is very common in the, in the Vidalcan, you know, community. She's, she's wearing a bikini? Yeah, a Vidalcanini. Vidalkini. Vidalkini. You make your way up to room 482. And as you're coming in, an old woman uh, is is sort of walking along. And she goes, oh, Mr. Crumpet, it's wonderful to see you. Um, Did you manage to fix that issue with your sink? Oh, you know, things kind of pile up and... How are you doing? I'm doing very well. My daughter got married. 
Oh, congratulations. Yes, the one you met uh, the other day. Uh, you... you hit it off so well with. Do you like him? Uh, yes. Uh, he's wonderful. Hmm. Um, he's very nice. He reminds me of you. Oh. But younger. Well, we must be going now. I will, we'll chat later, maybe tomorrow. Wonderful. Uh, it is a joy to have you in the building with us. It's a Um, joy to be here. Uh, excuse me, excuse me. Please, hold on one second. I just need to do something. I walk back to my unseen servant who apparently is not moving. And I, you don't hear this necessarily, but I'm like, can you please move it along? I don't, we don't have time. I just wanted you to hold this for me, but oh, fine. Give it back then. And then I go back and I'm holding my coat. You're having an argument with your unseen servant. <laughs> I have a complex psychology going on with these unseen servants. <laughs> I love it. Um, you get up to the door of uh, room apartment number 482. Um, and it is locked. I inspect the lock. Um, it appears like a normal... Oh, I, I guess you're looking for traps? Yeah. Uh, give me an investigation. Ooh, uh, a 20, I believe. 19, sorry. Oh, okay. Um, uh, these doors are well-built doors, um, and the locks are well-made. Um, this would be a tough lock to pick. Uh, not impossible. Definitely well within your skills, but... But, like, uh, definitely a really nice lock. These are nice apartments for wealthy people. Um, so this would be a, a, a difficult lock to pick, for sure. But a lock as in it takes a key, right? Correct. Right. So use the key. Oh, I guess we're out of, oh, the, of course. The key unlocks the door uh, without <laughs> issue. And we go in. To the as you step into the apartment, it's a nice but pretty sparsely decorated apartment. Um, it is it is much nicer than his other apartment. In fact, this apartment is so nice um, that it actually has uh, fireless torches that light up on the walls um, as you as you enter into the apartment. As the door opens up, the whole apartment lights up. Um, and uh, as you as you enter and you close the door behind you, um, and the, the the fireless torches they they have what looks like fire, but it's actually not hot. It doesn't generate any heat at all. Um, and they're, they're sort of kind of all on a bunch of the walls. The other thing that, the thing that you notice that's really strange about the apartment is um, there's not a lot of furniture. There's, there's no food. There's no dishware or anything like that. Um, and there's no books. There's no bookshelves. Uh, there's basically a couple of chairs in the middle of the room and a tiny little folding table. Um, and there's also no windows. By the way, um, Unless it's not okay with you, Adam. I, I didn't notice this yet. So I'm still outside, and you can hear. Can, can people hear if someone's talking outside the door? Um, or is this the kind of door that you wouldn't hear? It's the kind of door that you wouldn't hear. Okay, well then, fine. I, I, I did come in then, but I'm sort of in the corner, and everyone else hears me kind of like whispering loudly, like, look, fine, I will not, I will not invoke you again for trivial matters. It's just, I just wanted my coat held. It's okay. I will keep that in mind. Goodbye. Having some trouble, Yulian? No, no, it's fine. It's perfectly fine. I just, uh, it, uh, you know, uh, it's fine. All right, well, if everything is fine, let us try to decipher the puzzle before us and... Put out all the items. 
Um, you have a pile of, of items. They're sitting on, there's a, there's a big round rug in the middle of the room that the chair and the table are on. So you now have, have uh, the table is actually not even really big enough to hold all these items. So, so you have to just put them on the floor uh, on this um, sort of ugly rug. Can we, did we, like, can we investigate the area, yeah. see if there's any... Everybody roll me investigation stuff. checks. Wow, I'm growing really well. 24. God. Wow. What's wrong with me? Uh, investigation is uh, both a terrible 11. roll for me, I'm, and also I'm rolling very low. Yeah. <laughs> I got a two. 11. This uh, is a plus seven for me, by the way. <laughs> it's a minus really one for me. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, uh, we're we're at the stage of the game that is all investigation checks, apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to investigate. I'm just going to like take this the rubber duck and just walk around the room squeaking it. It makes a very satisfying... Like, uh, and then squeak, maybe someday squeak. it's going to react to something. This is like my strategy at those breakout rooms. And then and take the key is, and like tap it on all the walls. 11 is still not good enough, right, I'm assuming? Uh, 11 is... Um, well, in either, case, in either case, you can tell if someone's looking at me that as I'm trying to investigate, I'm still sort of like, I just don't understand what's the big deal. I just wanted her to hold my... My coat. That's all. Is it? <laughs> I think. I think you're kind of distracted. I think that, that like you're you're um, mostly focused on on your unseen servant being so unhappy with uh, the <laughs> situation. Um, Blazonar, um, you discover two things. The first is you discover there's no way anybody lives in this apartment. But from the sound of the doorman and from the sound of the person outside, um, they clearly seem to think that Thwar lived in this apartment. But there's no dishes. There's no, there's nothing here. Um, uh, there's just nothing to to top to to do in this apartment, much less to live in. There's not even a bed. Um, and the other thing that you discover is the walls have like a strange texture to them. Um, it's almost like bumpy and then smooth in different sections. Like somebody painted the walls a, with a different kind of paint, um, but it all looks the same. Mm. The uh, paint, you can tell, looks like it's covering something up. Oh, yes, it's covering, yes, the paint. I, I agree. Yes. Uh, I start knocking around to see if I can tell, like, a false Gear, wall Gus, or something. Uh, your strength might come in handy right about now. But hold on, let me find a good spot for you to use your strength, Gerkus. Um, Kierkes, go ahead and roll me a history check, and you can do so with advantage. Adam Davis is rounging around in his, in his, I don't know, it looks like his pocket. Oh, he rolled something. Oh, we can't hear you. You, you muted, you muted your stuff. I was muted, and I was giving the play-by-play on everything (laughs) that was exciting that was happening. And then I, my first roll was another really low roll. And I was lamenting that history is a minus one, but my second roll was a natural twenty. Oh, woo! So you know, power, power up, Gerkus. Go, go, um, gadget investigation history check. Gerkus, uh, with a natural twenty. Um, so the reason I had you you roll specifically um, is that uh, um, there is actually an ancient, uh, not ancient. There's an old dragonborn trick. Um, mm. That from where you're from, there is actually a kind of um, paint uh, that you you make with berries, and the berries appear to be um, uh, clear. Uh, but when you uh, 
turn off lights um, and get it into pitch darkness, the berries actually light up and they glow. Um, and so you are aware of this because you were, you were in school, um, and this is the kind of thing that uh, uh, schoolmates tend to, to try to play as pranks on each other, um, mm. either to leave notes, which is sometimes the clever way to do it, um, or to uh, like slap wet handprints on each other, and then suddenly you have a big glowing <laughs> wet handprint as soon as you turn the lights off, or, or um, put it in your water, and now you, you have uh, glowing splotches all over your face as you're, uh, when the lights turn off. So this um, is like so invisible you, ink kind of stuff. It's basically like invisible ink, but it specifically <clears throat> reacts to having no lights on. Uh, so let's turn the lights off. Uh, what, do you say anything, Yerkes? Um, or do you just do go I, around? And- do I know how to turn the lights off? Is this like is this like a switch, or is this like a, a command word? Okay, Google thing. Um, it is. It it's has a like a apartment. little. It has like a little switch on the side of each light. Uh, okay, I'll light. start. I'll I'll uh, I'll start just walking around turning the. I I think I know this. So, so Blazonar, you are you are investigating the the wall and like knocking around on it, and Gerkas just goes around and turns off all the starts turning off all the lights. Trust me. Okay. Um, as the final light turns off, um, it, it mostly just seems like it's getting dimmer and dimmer. But as the final light turns off, there's a moment of just pitch blackness, and then all of a sudden the room uh, erupts in glowing light everywhere. Um, there is writing across all of the walls, across nearly all of the surfaces. Um, everything, everywhere except for the floor and the ceiling is covered in red this rum, uh, red glowing rum. paint. <laughs> and across the, the main wall, the sort of uh, a large blank wall in front of you, uh, you read two things in large, bold letters. It says, The Book of Fate, and it says, There Are No Coincidences. And then from there, you get a chance to see that there are lines drawn in every direction, uh, linking to written phrases all over the rest of the apartment. Uh, There are phrases that are written that that seem to detail um, all sorts of names of people. Um, You see your own names uh, stand out at you from the the web of drawing that has has happened within the entire apartment. But in the very center of that wall, um, uh, before the, the, right underneath the book, Book of Fate, and and right underneath there are no coincidences. Um, it just says, uh, it says, um, tell Lily I'm sorry. Um, and then below that is a strange symbol. And uh, Uli, and you recognize the symbol immediately. Um, that ah. is a glyph of warding. Um, and glyphs of warding are a specific kind of trap that are designed to trigger when someone reads them, uh, which makes them hard to avoid, because as soon as you see it, you have read it. Have um, I read it now? Oh yeah. Um, oh no. Uh, Everyone when you read the eyes. Um, immediately, all of you see this flash, this light, everything sort of stretching around all, all of the room, and then immediately all of the walls erupt in flame, uh, and everything you are reading uh, almost instantly vanishes as fire engulfs the entire room and all of the walls of the room, uh, and you are now trapped in flames. I'm going to throw my mints at the wall. Icy hot, icy hot, icy hot. <laughs> you started hawking mints. The fire smells slightly better than it did before. <laughs> uh, try to open the door. Um, the door is uh, uh, locked and 
uh, it feels sealed shut. You can't even get it to, to shutter under under your hands. Also, the door is on fire. Uh, so as you're like sort of reaching over to try to grab the handle, uh, the door, just like all the walls, uh, sort of went up in flames immediately. Um, and the fire and smoke is billowing into the ceiling of the room right now. I am going to try to bust the door down. Yeah. Um, awesome. Give me an attack roll. Can- now we're talking. Now 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 we're cooking. Well, well that's happening. Fire. Can Ray of Frost do anything against this fire, or is it like? You give it a try. Okay. Um, I got a 23. Um, give me an attack roll with Ray of Frost as well. Attack roll? What, what do I roll? Uh, actually, you can just make it a damage roll with Ray, Ray of Frost. I can assume you can hit the fire. It is all around you. Um, okay. So, uh, <laughs> so it's not, not a challenge to hit it. So the 2d8? 2d8? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because you're fifth level. 2d8. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh Gierkes, are you uh, resistant to fire? Yes, I am. Um, that's going to help you here. 28. Okay, here we go. And I'm rolling some nine. dice as well. So I rolled a 9, and then there's a plus 7. Do I add the plus 7, or is that... No, that's your 2-hit. That's the 2-hit. Okay, so that's, 9. That's your roll when you kind of point and, and have to aim it at got something. It, got it, got it. You're just blasting it at some fire right now. I guess you could aim for the door if you wanted to specifically... Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, be able to get out. So. Uh, might help uh, Gierkes a bit. So you blast yeah. it actually with some some ice first. Yeah. Um, and Gierkes, that actually does help because uh, you were going to take some fire damage. But um, it does start to put out the fire on the door. Teamwork. Um, basically, as you're blasting it, like the fire starts to, to die down. And Gierkes, you're able to land a couple of blows against it. Um, but only just because the fire kind of picks back up again very shortly after you land a couple of blows. Gerkus, this door must be, it must have like a solid metal core uh, because you dent the wood on it. Um, but with your blows against the door, it doesn't, it does not budge. Um, this room was clearly designed to be a trap. Um, somebody wanted, well, probably Thwar wanted whoever came into this room to be burned alive uh, because that door is, is not going to budge very easily. Uh, do I get the sense that this is a lost cause then? Uh, yeah, at least the door is a lost cause. Okay. And there's uh, no windows, and there's a rug. Lift up the rug. Is there anything under the rug? There is. What's under the there's rug? There's a door under the rug. Ha <laughs> ha! Escape room. All my um, escape rooms The door is perfectly laid <laughs> into the floor of the room, uh, and very flush with the bottom of the room. It is a full-size door. It's just on the floor instead of on the wall, and the door has no handle. <laughs> <laughs> take out oh, the, the doors. Let's yeah. measure the Hand length the door of the door. Quickly. Oh, the doorknob. Use the doorknob. <laughs> uh, you take out the doorknob, and it fits perfectly into the door on the floor, and you're okay. able to open up twist, the door. Twist, twist, twist. Open. Um, the door appears to have a set of stairs that lead down, and you realize you're immediately, you're actually in the apartment immediately below you, um, which also appears to be sparse and have nothing in it. Um, and it is it is pitch black because you didn't open the door to turn on the lights. Um, and so uh, as you come come down into the door below you, you're able to close the door behind you. Um, and you can hear the fire still going on in the in the room above you. Um, and Lily, who is who who also has come down the stairs, she says, "Oh my God, what was all of that? You, Thor I... was looking for the Book of Fate. Uh, should we try to stop the fire? The, all the writing on the walls." It will be consumed. We will not know. I think it's a lost cause there, Yulian. I try to find a light switch. 
Uh, yeah, you can find one of those little torches that are built into the walls okay. um, to turn it on um, and you get a little bit of light in the room. And what are we looking at? Um, it's literally an apartment. It's almost identical to the apartment above it. Um, check out this one rug. does actually have windows. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, it has somebody that's like clearly built a staircase up to the ceiling of the apartment uh, that you just came down uh, and connecting to the door that you just came through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do a very quick scan to see if there's anything of interest in this in this room. There does not appear to be. Um, uh, sorry, quick quick question. Um, total long shot here, but like, could an unseen servant be damaged by the fire? Um, it should say in the uh, description of the spell. I mean, it says it's got an AC ten, one hit point. So yeah, it probably would so, be damaged, right? I think yes. Um, in general, the assumption is that you can just resummon it. I see. Um, but it, but it'd be like summon die, summon die, summon die, kind of. Uh, well, I mean, it doesn't re- it resummons wherever you put it. So if it died somewhere else, and then you resummed it, next yeah, to yeah. Really. I was my thought was that if if I could send the unseen servant to look at the wall and report back. Oh, oh I see, I see. But it sounds like um, you wouldn't survive long enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not not in the fire. I'm also not certain if the unseen servant can communicate with you. I guess it can. We've established that already. So, yeah. <laughs> so, At least he can give a scowling totally look. He says the servant can perform simple tasks that a human servant could do. Okay. And then he gives examples. So you would imagine that he could tell me something. Yeah, all right. All right. That seems good enough to me. Do we get a sense that the building is going to burn down? We can't just, like, escape room, the room underneath the, burn, the room that's on fire, if the building's going to light on fire and kill the sweet old lady. You can hear You can hear the sounds of, of um, like, fire the fire brigade uh okay. coming from outside and, okay. and making their way into the building so okay. at the very least you you get the feeling like someone's probably gonna come in and help take care of it um cool. also given the way that the door was reinforced you can maybe assume that the rest of the walls might have been reinforced in a similar way and since there were no windows so, somebody made this a trap on purpose probably yeah, sure. means that the fire is going to be pretty well contained in that uh, that apartment Whew. okay i think it's time to go is there anything um, that's th- three and a half feet apart so in keep, this room? You just keep measuring. <laughs> well, I thought for well, sure so, so it did, was like two dots were three and a half feet apart, and that's how we well, were yeah, on two important things. We're gonna this is hopefully come classic across classic escape room puzzle right there. But 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 along those lines, um, so the room we're in, it's still dark. No, someone turned on the lights. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, but so when it was dark, did we have a chance to see if there was paint like the other room, like the color? Uh, there was not in this room. There was no paint. It appears all the information got burned up with the rest of the fire. And I'm sorry that I missed it, but when what what is it that we see in the room right now? In the room that you're in, just the staircase. Yeah. It's another sort of just blank room that clearly must have been rented out or or purchased. Um, did did we already investigate this room? Did someone already? Yeah, yeah. Let's investigate um, it. And Lily, you guys can investigate. I won't make you roll for this. There's nothing in this room except for the staircase. All right. Um, uh, Lily <laughs> I got a will critical fail anyway. So oh, okay, perfect. Take got a zero on that roll. Then you're certain there's nothing in this room except <laughs> for the staircase. Actually, with a one, you're very certain there's a lot of things in there. There's so many things in this room. Let's <laughs> spend the rest of the day looking. Wait, wait, how would you role play that, that in like... a campaign before? <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, Lily, sure, I'm sure there's stuff in here. <laughs> this is something in here. Um, Lily says, um, I don't know what this is all about, but this reeks of, of ridiculous conspiracy or, or something along those lines. 
Um, and I cannot believe this is all about that stupid book of fate nonsense that he was interested in so long ago. Do I? Does my character know what the book of fate is? Uh, yeah, I mean, all of you guys have heard of the book of fate. It's like a fabled thing. It's like sort of Excalibur or the or the uh, um, um, the Fountain of Youth yeah, or something and, like and, that. Like it's. And I had been doing a, a tremendous amount of research about fate. Yep. So I definitely knew about this. And the guy, at, um, person that dropped off the thing at my warehouse was a key. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was the key to the Book of Fate key was the, the item that you you had gone had gone missing from your warehouse. So I, I suppose I'd say to Lily, like, uh, believe me, the Book of Fate is no fantasy. It is no conspiracy. It is. It is quite possible that it is real. Um. And she says, I'm a museum curator. What is your qualification for, for deciding that the Book of Fate may be real? Uh, about uh, 40 years of research into uh, arcana and all sorts of mysteries, and easily 10 years of a deep dive into the subject most recently. And she kind of drops her, her like haughty stance, and she says, oh. Um, well, that does make you somewhat qualified, I suppose. And it looks like good old Thwar was onto something with the Book of Fate. And yes, he wants yes. us to continue with the mystery. Clearly, although he almost killed us in the process. And uh, I'm quite puzzled because he had information that seemed to be very useful on those walls. No one, I suppose, drew any of it quickly enough. I, well, I will know, turn someone... to Lily and I will say... I'm sorry. What are you sorry for? I thought it was a code. It was on the wall upstairs. It said, tell Lily I'm sorry. Oh. I have yes, nothing I... to apologize for. I I have done nothing to you. <laughs> what, speaking In of fact, that, I did... saved you from, from the people who were attacking you. We can all recall this. <laughs> Speaking of that, did, did did any of us like have a chance to remember anything other than the "I'm sorry" bit from what we saw before it um, started burning? So uh, we can give you guys a, a couple of um, uh, important details that you get. Actually, I'm going to have everybody roll me intelligence saving throws, and we'll we'll give you these these important details. Wow, I am rolling. Yes, like a Finally master. A good roll. Uh, <laughs> Twenty-three. Twenty-two. All right. I got a 16 this time. Yay. All right, all right. We got, We're we got all some good information. Smart. This is, no, this is the roll for it, to be the fair. The wheels are spinning now. I got this. You are um, three and a half feet tall. In that case, I'm going to give everybody a sort of different information. Everybody was looking in different directions and got different information from this. Um, uh, let's see. Um, Gearkus, you got the name of a book. Um, I'm going to say it is... Sessinar's 121 Ways to Make... Oh, I think I'm going to tie this back. To Make Eel. Yummy, yummy. Mm. But I don't know that yet. Um, (laughs) uh, Let's see. Ulian, you got two other um, uh, bits of information. You got... Uh, the um, Templars of Fate. 
And it says specifically, don't trust the Templars of fate. Um, and Blazonar. Sorry, were those the two bits of info? It was Templars of fate and not yeah, I guess them. I guess don't trust the Templars of fate is, okay, is sort of the information that you got. Uh, and Blazonar, you got um, uh, the uh, which piece of information do I want to give you? Um, uh, Blazonar, you got the uh, just a a cryptic sort of uh, message that looks like it might have been specifically for you. Um, that says, um, "Who is the mysterious stranger?" While we are here, I should tell you, I, I managed to catch a little bit of info before everything went on fire. It, it said, don't trust the Templars of fate, which is odd because in my reading, I was under the understanding that they were a reputable organization. Um, so you actually, because you've done some research on this, um, you know that the Templars of fate are apparently secret organization. Um, whose goal it is to recover the Book of Fate and return it to the Fates. Um, so I think what we'll do, I, I'm going to tell a short story about the Fates, um, and then we will make that the end for today's session. Um, in the world of Dungeons & Dragons, in this world that we are, that we are playing in, uh, there is a god of time. Uh, the god of time is Istis. Um, and the God of Time weaves together the fabric of time, uh, separate from the fabric of reality or separate from the fabric of, of the, the worlds or the planes or all of those things. Time is this uh, interwoven and interconnecting and ever repeating or ever um, uh, circling uh, uh, weaving that the, the Istis does uh, with the threads of time. Um, as Istis weaves the threads of time, she appointed three um, members, three uh, acolytes or or um, sort of lesser gods uh, to be her servants and to basically keep track of the um, the moments in time. She appointed somebody to be the um, the fate of the past, the fate of the present, and the fate of the future. And each of those fates, their job is to basically make sure that that's all uh, someone's keeping track of it. Someone's recording all of what happens, what is happening, and what will happen, as well as who is keeping track of and making sure that those things do happen and stay intact. She, they hold together the, the bindings of fate. Um, long ago, the story of the Book of Fate, and what Uli and you have learned in, in much of your research, is that the three um, goddesses of fate uh, lost the Book of Fate. And the Book of Fate was basically the place where they could keep track of all of the information, all of the things that happen in the past, in the present, and in the future. Um, and theoretically, there are many stories about the power of the Book of Fate. But because it is lost, um, the fates don't have the ability to keep track of it. And supposedly, Istis does not know that the fates lost the Book of Fate. Um, instead, they continue to sort of uh, uh, kick the can down the road to... to um, I continue to tell Istis that they are, in fact, keeping track of everything, but it is the Book of Fate that is actually doing that. Um, supposedly, somebody with the Book of Fate could uh, know everything about the past, everything about the present, 
and even all of the things that could be in the in the likely futures that are likely to happen. Um, that is not to say that the Book of Fate predetermines the future, although there's a lot of mixed messages about the future, as that's the most of, often considered the most valuable portion of the Book of Fate. Um, and somebody with the Book of Fate may have the power to change the future, to impact the world, uh, to change even, even the present or the past. Um, the powers of the Book of Fate are varied, and all of them are powerful. The Templars of Fate are the people who are appointed on this world to keep track of, to find the Book of Fate, and to return it back to the Fates so that it doesn't fall into the wrong hands. Uh, they're generally depicted as a positive, serving for the future, serving to, to better the world uh, organization, but secret. Um, and nobody really knows if there are any Templars of Fate, if they exist at all, um, or for that matter, if they do exist, who the Templars of Fate are. And that's where we'll end for the day. Oh. Well, it sounds like I guessed right. Sorry, I didn't mean to, uh, but luckily I got right. No, it's perfect. You guessed you guessed you perfectly. Jumped jumped in and and had it exactly right. I mean, I just assumed since it said don't trust them, I that I probably would have heard that they were okay, but it's like, oh, maybe we shouldn't trust them. Yeah, it was great. Um, so as is always the case, we'll do a quick checkout. Um, for our checkout today, we'll do a spotlight that you have for somebody else. Uh, who would like to start us off? I'll spotlight Umberto. Uh, his character is a smart guy, and he's taken the lead as a smart guy, which uh, relieves me of that role from last <laughs> time. Uh, so I like that. Um, and, you know, he's really trying to play his character that he has no knowledge of because he's never played a wizard before and they're very complicated. <laughs> um, but he's the perfect um, Sherlock Holmes for this mystery, and he's playing it very well, very in character. So that's good. Um, I, I, thank you, thank you. I, I would say, man, this one's really tough because there are two things that I really liked. So I'm gonna, can I break the rules and just do two spotlights? Sure, yeah, okay. yeah, why not? So one thing was I loved grabbing all the mints. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so funny. It was like, because I could see the scene, you know, like it, you did it so cinematic. It was great. Because like the the little uppity guy with his little mints, please take only one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so funny. And then the second thing is, and I wish, because like I think the visuals were a large part of it. Kirk, when you finally settled on your high pitched voice, <laughs> and then, and then like you know when you're interacting with the bank lady. Because, um, you know, part of the thing is I, I threw this ball at you like, oh, ask about your other accounts. And then you're like, okay, um, <laughs> you know, oh, I'd like to withdraw. But right before that, when she's like, um, what was the thing she said? And you're like, oh, I was just joking. <laughs> it's just so, it was so funny. Uh, so that was really entertaining. Basically, I got a lot of humor today. It was very good. <laughs> um, I'm going to spotlight Kirk for uh, for pushing through on the voice. You, you uh, at one point said you were going to just give up and use your regular voice, but you didn't. And True. I appreciate that. And it became um, it became a, a you know a, a, a joke even that that uh, we got to wonder which voice you were going to use next. But I think it's uh, uh, I, I appreciate and admire that you were. Uh, struggled with the challenge of coming up with that voice, and then you went with it anyway. I don't know great. what it is. I don't know what. I mean, Birdo's never done this, but I, there, there's something about voices that 
is some kind of uh, shame spiral for me. It it just uh, interesting. <laughs> well, and I I mean I, I I did wonder with the first one you had picked. I was like, man, that doesn't feel sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> In my head, it was because I know what it sounds like in my head, but to do it, you know, I was like, I don't know how long I could do it. You know, there's a fine line between, well, this is just me getting used to this voice, and this is not sustainable, you know? (laughs) It's not going to work. It's fair. Um, So, you know, but I'm doing a little bit of a voice, so that's a stretch for me. That's great. I, 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 I love it. That's I think that yeah. uh, um, you stepping out of your comfort and doing the voices is, is awesome. It's actually my spotlight for for the day as well uh, to Kirk for for really being willing to to continue to try on and work on voices. It's like one of the hardest things to do. It's one of the hardest things for us to get players to do, um, and it does take you. Yeah. So it tell me about some, that. Like, that. do you get like what percentage of new players in your groups will take to voices pretty quickly very low very low percentage of of new players will will attempt voices quickly and and it's even the players that have been around for a long long time often won't won't do voices for the characters even though adam and i like do voices for every npc and we and we um are constantly doing different voices for characters um it's just hard to i think encourage people to um to to be willing to to be goofy or be willing to be embarrassed a little, yeah. Um, uh, as you're trying something out, what about um, role every, playing? Can uh, how do how do they do with role playing? Most people uh, step into to like speaking in first person pretty well, very quickly. Okay. Okay. Um, so that part that part is usually pretty pretty quick. I would say Adam with usually within the first session or two, they're they're speaking in first person. We also coach them in that. Um, yeah. That's a, a, a learning process of oh, say that in the way your character would say that. So there's there's a process of um, removing the obstacles and sort of making it okay. We don't say no, no, no. Say it like your character would say it by using a voice. Decide on a voice and commit to that voice because you have to have that voice for the next ten weeks. You know, it's 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 a uh, um, no pressure, right? So if if somebody tries a voice and they want to change their voice later, much like you're doing, that's totally fine. Um, there's no you know there's no requirement that they stay with that voice or anything. So um, it's, it's a slow process of, of warming them up to the idea of stepping out of their comfort zone, um, trying something new. Um, one of the things that's been the most interesting with some of our participants we've had for a long time um, who do a lot more role playing because they've been um, coached by us for longer. Uh, they have said that using voices helps them distinguish themselves from their characters so they can role play and they can try out new behaviors as their characters. And because they are their character instead of themselves, they can take different risks. Because I might feel uncomfortable asserting myself, but my character can very comfortably assert himself because that's my character, not me. So if when I say, it's, I want to be the first one to go in there and do that, I'm the smart one, I am the brave one, whatever, um, it might be easier to do that as a character than it would be as, as the real person with the real voice. So it's been really interesting to see just how different groups access a different level of that sort of drama therapy side of things by digging a little deeper into that character voice. It must be really rewarding to have that particularly shy new participant stretch their wings in a role-playing interaction with their fellow participants. That must be really rewarding because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you set up the adventure maybe 
in that, even that moment maybe for that particular person to hmm. to shine and to see that welcoming gelling of the group it must be really nice to see it's 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 really kind of amazing and one of the things that makes it uh so interesting i guess is that um those moments uh are are just uh, a part of the the whole landscape um so they get to have that moment and it's an amazing moment for them and everybody else at the table is both being a supportive person for them in that in that moment and also like like um uh, ready to continue to play in the in the play space of the of the game, uh, like that the moment where you you jump in and start using your voice and you you like take that step to ju- just finally finally er- build up the courage to you know give your character a voice. Everybody else is just just as ready to go. Like, yep, I'm still talking to you, the character uh, at the table, uh, which makes that moment feel uh, so much more um, uh, accessible. Um, and, and so much so much easier to grab for to to be able to have those successes. So earlier, Johns, you were worried that the that your prep wasn't enough, or that that the adventure might get a little ragged at the edges. Were you worried that we were just going to like not go to the apartment and just like go some complete other location that you'd have to make up? Um, not not that specifically. Um, I'm I'm pretty good at, at turning back on to stuff. Um, but in case it wasn't uh, clear before, um, since we're dealing with a storyline with with fate, um, we're setting up the the possibility that that there are some fate and destiny pieces that are going to weave into the storyline. And that kind of storyline is is if if I may say to other dun- dungeon masters, I don't recommend it. Um, <laughs> it, it is uh, anytime you're dealing with time or fate or destiny in any kind of storyline, uh, you start to uh, it, it becomes very easy to, to accidentally DM yourself into a corner um, and and not have any particular way out of it. Um, and so I've done this before. I've actually done uh, time travel campaigns and stuff where where. You, the things you affect in the past end up affecting the future, um, and et cetera, et cetera. And they are super, super fun when you can do them well. They're very rewarding, but they also have this uh, constant pitfalls of very many more things that you need to track as a, as a result of that. So my, my nervousness is actually more on my, my prep as a game master uh, for, for going into this and going, oof, I hope I'm not biting off more than I can chew on a on a storyline like this, but I think it has a, a rich opportunity to, to have ma- very many, like really amazing moments built in. Cool. I got to say, I could tell, um, not so much in the previous episode, but in this one, I could tell, I was like, Oh man, this is quite different from our last one, because in the last one, it was uh, more traditional storytelling. Like you had a, you know, you had a, a, an arc in mind of like what was going on in the world and things like this. Uh, but in this one, it, it is like a, a murder mystery or something, and uh, and already you're setting up. And so I actually I was feeling really anxious at several parts today, where I was like, oh my gosh, what if we're not doing what we're supposed to be? And then of course yeah. I was trusting. I'm like, no, I'm, just, I'm sure he's got it. But I was like, oh no, this seems like a dead end. What are we gonna do? Yeah, uh, <laughs> for those who don't have the benefit listening, we're we're over Zoom right now, and. 75% of the time, I could just see Berto just staring at his character sheet, wondering, like, wait, because, yeah, because I, I'm the toolbox of this group. Like, I got yeah. the spells. I'm supposed to be the smart one. 
And so I got I, I could. He just had this furrowed brow at every moment. He's like, "Wait, so what? What spell? What spell is going to get us out of this jam?" And I like right. that because because that was me last game. By the way, <laughs> you guys were just like running around, and I was like, "Oh crap! How am I going to save this with my spells?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, and like I, I don't want to. You know, I'm sitting there like, "Wait, am I supposed to be?" Realizing something right now? <laughs> of course, illusory script. Duh. <laughs> yeah. the, the the burden of being the smartest person in the in the group. Well, I was the Grolo of this campaign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I punched I the thing. Laser grow. I added the yeah. I added the ear pulling in there. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> but I. I, I, the irony too was that I was missing all my stupid roles for investigations. <laughs> right? My God, the, he's not being helpful here. The, the was roles actually, this session were were pretty wild, actually. Yeah. Just before COVID put us all in lockdown, I just discovered how much I love puzzle rooms. Oh. So I like just got into it, and then now we can't do it anymore. And I uh, was like writing down all the things like it's a duck. What is it, a duck squeak? Duck. I want to like think about all the things that I can do with these things. So I, I'm excited to puzzle break. Yeah, we got to do I'll, that maybe when when we. I would. Yeah. I would love that. That would be great. We did it I for my have birthday. A friend who runs a puzzle year. room up in uh, Edmonds. Oh, up in Edmonds. It, yeah. it might have been the one we went. It might be the one to. we did. Is it yeah. near Aurora, kind of? Uh, I don't know. I've actually never been there. Oh, uh, I just know that it's in that in that area. Okay. Ours was fun. Yeah, it was two two rooms. We did one room. Yeah. Well, we I figured did two it out in the same day because I love them so much. What was that? I did two in the same day. I did I did one for a friend's birthday, and then we were like, "Well, we have some time left in our evening," and so we like Googled one. it and found one and drove across town and did another one. It was oh, awesome. Wow. Yeah, wow. that is they're, that they're is a lot of fun. It. I mean, yeah. if they're well done, there's some. I've done several, and one of them I was like, eh, not yeah. well planned. Well, but the one we did for my birthday good. last year, Berto did a lot of the leg work for. I was filming the whole time. That was fun. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I, I definitely have never done one, and given my my profession and my interests, it is. I I really need to. It's a very uh, fun. Sure it's a very it. fun group activity because when you're starting out, it seems impossible. You're like. Mm-hmm. We're never gonna. This is, you know, you're about 15 minutes in. And you're just like, we're never gonna get this. And then, if if you work together and you all have your different things that you do and you're smart about it, like things start to come together. Yeah, if it's just you in that room, you're done. Yeah, the the room will kill you. Yeah, but <laughs> and because it is that because you're like, you're like, I'm just not noticing anything. But then someone notices one thing. Yeah, and you notice one thing. And someone notices one thing, and then you put one and one together, yeah. and and it does build on itself. It's really the first one we did it was with a bunch of strangers, and it was really hard because it was like how you know th- there's one person just bending over this one table and moving all these pieces around, and I don't can't go over there and sl- help. You know they like seem very very confident that they're doing this, and I don't want to go over there and ask them to tell me what they're doing, but they're also not going as fast as I want them to go. So I'm going to go quickly figure out something else to do, and it's like a, a, a really interesting experience doing that. With you should pull a well. Professor Umbridge in those cases. Hem hem, perhaps I can help you here. <laughs> Third campaign character Umberto. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The Umbridge character. Yeah, that'll be our evil campaign. Yeah, evil campaign. <laughs> I want to play a kobold. What's That'd the voice for your kobold? 
Yeah, I'm very slippery and slimy, like a cobalt. <laughs> that's well, like good. That. That's really that's good. Yeah, I really like one. that one. <laughs> I think I just want to do Gearcast as evil. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight becomes, I dine on turtle yeah, say, soup. Because of the shredder. You imbeciles. <laughs> that's pretty much it's the shredder. And, and I would pick the one I almost picked for this one, which is this these snake-like people. Um, and they like a yonti. Yeah, what is it? Yonti. I think that was the one, that was yeah. I think that was it. Yeah, they're they're pretty they're pretty fun. I too. I was just like, wait, this sounds evil. Yeah, those are the ones, the yonti purebloods. Then I kept reading, and I'm like, oh, I got scared. I'm like, ah, oh, this sounds evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not the best character given our current political climate as well. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah that's uh, pretty true. Yeah, pure bloods. Well, the pure bloods. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Harry Potter has pure bloods, but they're evil. Yeah, that's true. All right, y'all. Uh, it's been a fun adventure, uh, and tune in next time when we continue with the Book of Fates campaign. And everyone out there, please, please, please take care of yourself. <laughs> because Why? You- you truly deserve it. 